Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 2 of Infinite Journeys. We are finally back. I'm your host, Tony Z, joined by Asher. Man, I thought we were going to have technical difficulties. It's been so long. I, I look at my <laughs> microphone, and I'm like, what is this thing? Yeah, we were just talking earlier. I was like, it's been a couple months, because I think we were, originally, we were not planning on going this long without an episode, but we both got sick in November. And then yep. December, I was like, Christmas is coming up. Let's just take December off and we'll be back in the beginning of freaking January. And then I had some issues and ended up in the hospital. So right. It just I has mean, not been the best. I think December is a good time to take off because it is a very busy month for people. And there are people that, you know, are looking for their podcasts to listen to. But at the same time, like that's a good season break. Yeah. And another another thing that some people do that, like the people that don't want to miss any time is they'll record a bunch of episodes in advance so that the episodes still go up every week in December, like some of the podcasts I listen to. What are those guys, like professionals or something? I know. I'm, I'm like, with our recording <laughs> schedule and my work schedule, and it's really hard to record that many episodes. Oh, yeah. Like that. But uh, a couple of quick announcements and a little bit of news gone wild. And then uh, I already announced on Twitter, we got a lot to discuss today. This episode is our top five games of the year for 2022 and our most anticipated games of 2023 and i actually segmented mine down to like what months they're coming out which is kind of cool so when we get to the most anticipated i don't have them in any order <laughs> i just have them by month that they're coming out okay i, mean, I didn't i forgot for to tell you that but <laughs> but the first thing i saw for our news gone wild was very interesting it was a uh, new thought controlled implant requires no brain surgery interesting and I was like, it, a thought-controlled implant creeps me out. Yeah, there's some uh, work on those. Uh, there, there's a couple of like big uh, schools that are working on stuff like that, you know. And then uh, old Elon there claims he's gonna put a helmet on you and it's gonna do microsurgery or something for chips. But yeah, he does a lot of things that just tell me the end is coming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that and that AI Twitter thing that I sent you. Mm. on the other day that was like follow me on twitter i'm an ai and then it was like realistic pictures with it and stuff and i was like this is freaking freaky i have been getting all these advertisements on twitter for ais for all kinds of things like yeah. download my ai program and i'll send you saucy pictures and i'm like what Whoa. is this is this what <laughs> happens when all your advertisers pull out is this the only thing you have left yeah i know and it's ironic that it's when elon owns twitter <laughs> right that all the ai stuff is coming Oh, before we get into more news going wild, an announcement. We we're going to make a few changes to the show going forward. We'll still have like our uh, our episodes where we discuss what we've been playing. But we noticed that the most popular episodes that we've done on the show have always been our lore episodes. So going forward, like after this episode or like we'll still do these every year, probably our game pass or our, our game pass, our uh, most anticipated stuff. I think we should just do it every year because I think it'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I but, agree. Uh, we discussed it. We're going to make a shift towards more uh, lore-themed episodes going forward in the future. Yeah, I, I like that idea. I like being able to dig into the games and stuff. And then, uh, like, I did enjoy, and I still do, like, jumping into a game for, like, let's say a Game Pass pick. Just to yeah. kind of get a feel for it. Kind of, like, check out the controls, the soundscape, and everything. But sometimes I, I want to get, like, much meatier into a game, you know? Right, And I usually do that through lore. Yeah, and the way we could do that is 
you'll do you'll pick one one week i'll pick one the next week and we'll like go back and forth between each other and then obviously if we bring if we bring on guests they will leave it up to their discretion if they want to do a lore episode or just like our old style (laughs) heck i am willing to get into lore on listener submitted uh game so if anybody out there is interested in us getting into the war of one of your favorite wait no hold that if you want to do that subscribe to the patreon Ah, infinite journeys on patreon yeah do the patreon (laughs) patreon only (laughs) then you can give us tips or things that you want us to do i think that's a good yeah that's a good strategy there there you go there's your requests because our other announcement is we've got a very exclusive patreon exclusive podcast coming very soon we'll probably record that this weekend i assume yeah if we have if we both have the time it's called once upon a throwback it's a nostalgia podcast so we're gonna be talking about all things from the past for us growing up movies tv shows books video games random childhood like memories it, like, it'll be a, a it's gonna be fun jaunt into the past yeah it's gonna be fun because if especially when we get into the ones that are just like random topics like memories and stuff because i got some stories i'm sure you have some stories and that's gonna be where the meat of the the show comes from i think yeah as I well agree. as as well as like old tv shows and stuff where we'll do it like a uh we'll both watch it or something if we have access and then we'll just talk about it that'll be fun too but anyway <laughs> back to the news gone wild now this one is really weird trees are migrating west and scientists aren't exactly sure why where is this at this is on ripley's believe it or not so i don't know how i mean i assume they're pretty true with it interesting yeah, research shows that for the past 30 years, trees from the eastern United States have been shifting westward at a whopping 9.5 miles per decade. That's so weird. Now, I wonder if that's where their, like, seed is, you know, sprouting. Maybe. Or if, like, trees are actually shifting, like a full-grown tree. Even more odd is that changes in rainfall and precipitation only account for a tiny part of the migration, suggesting that there's more going on than scientists know about. Hmm. That's that's unusual. I, I don't even know what to make of that. Yeah, I guess a lot of scientists uh, thought that climate change would would like force species of trees to like move north, but instead they're moving west. So they're perplexed. Yeah, I, I would be too. Yeah, that was the uh, the really weird one. I thought I had one more, but now I lost it. Can you oh, no, imagine like watching a tree just kind of like meander across your backyard, though? Oh my goodness! It'd be like uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Are there those trees that talked and moved. Yeah, Lord the ends. Yeah, the ends. I couldn't remember the name of them. There we go. Lord of the Rings lore in the future, because <laughs> there are Lord of the Rings games, so we can still cover it. Or yeah. Lord of the or Lord of the Rings on Once Upon a Throwback. It's old enough at this point. Yeah. Woman left shocked after mistaking Tasmanian devil for dog toy in her home. <laughs> she this thought Florida dog toy was a. She thought no. the Tasmanian devil was a dog toy, and it was actually a Tasmanian devil. Wow! Yeah, like I'm flummoxed by that. How, that what dog toys does she have in her house? That looks like a Tasmanian devil of all things. Yeah. Oh, it was Australia. I thought, I thought for sure it was going to be Florida. I mean, they're not far off from each other. Like, in, not not in location, but like in wild events that happen. That's true. Okay, there was one more, but I can't find it. So, 
<laughs> we might as well get on to our uh, top five 2022 games of the year. I told you I originally sent you a list and then I've changed it around because I was yeah. like, oh, we shouldn't send each other a list. We should go into it fresh. I, when you when you sent me the list, I was like, this is going to change. Yeah, it did. <laughs> well, what, what's really funny is one thing, if anybody remembers the uh, audio oddity episode we did in the beginning of the year where I picked a game of the year that took everybody for, by surprise because I wanted to be different. Mm-hmm. That's no longer on my list. <laughs> now it's an honorable mention. Well, I mean, that was a little while ago, so. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Asher, we will start with your number five, and then I'll do mine after. We'll talk about it, obviously, and then I'll go to mine. So my number five for game of the year, I it's tentative because I had trouble picking a number five. I had trouble, I, in my opinion, getting, like, I got four, and then I was like, I don't know what else really fits and i think i've got to give it to pokemon arceus ah yes the game i played in january and then got sick of it 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 was a (laughs) a new thing for pokemon right yeah it was cool and obviously it fared way better than uh scarlet that just came out right right. talk about that (laughs) well i think it laid the groundwork for scarlet and scarlet had a really rough release yeah, I, I mean, it had a great release, and then it had kickback, you know. But Arceus being a new thing, a different style, uh, I like when a game company can innovate and experiment without breaking their own IP. And uh, you know, it it was still a lot of fun. It's different from you know, if you're you know an original like uh, Ruby, not Ruby, was it Ruby or was it just Red? I think they called uh, the it Ruby very later. first one was Red. Yeah, there was red and blue and then yellow and then they had and then they like remade remade those on like 2DS or something. And it was like leaf green, fire red. And then there was like ruby and sapphire. Okay, I played way too many Pokemon games. (laughs) The fact that I actually remember all these. But yeah, I know people that have come in, you know, uh, during, you know, like Pearl or Black and White or, you know, Sword and Shield or the originals. And everybody seemed to think that this was a good um a good entry to the series for something that was a little different. You know, a lot of people didn't look at it as a exactly mainline game, which I think is good. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it takes my number five. It's not the best game out there, but it was something new in a franchise, which is exciting to me. And it was cool. Like I remember I enjoyed it for like a good little bit. And then I just got like, I kind of, I guess I kind of prefer the classic style where like you have to, use your Pokemon to whittle down the health of the other Pokemon, and then you'll throw the Pokeball out. Whereas this one, you could just throw a Pokeball at your heart's content, but you won't necessarily catch it. But you don't have to fight the stuff before you can catch it. Right. And that was, like, kind of cool, but there were certain Pokemon where they they were, like, level, like, 80 or something, and I'm like, well, I surely can't catch them, and they would just get on my nerves. (laughs) So I think that was what happened. I was like, I got annoyed with trying to catch the Pokemon I really wanted and not being able to catch them. And then I just stopped playing it. Now, my number five, I don't think anybody's prepared for. And Asher, I was excited to put this on my list because I've actually started playing it again a couple days ago. And it's something that you mentioned when it first came out. (laughs) Okay. And uh, I can't stop playing it. It actually just came to mobile. It's now free to play on mobile. Uh (laughs) Vampire Survivors. Yeah. This game is so freaking addictive. (laughs) 
and it's like so funny because there's it's not a game like that I'm typically gonna play. Like it's not like an RPG or anything with like any kind of story. It's literally just running around defeating wave after wave of enemies for as long as you can, trying to get like health pickups or upgrade your character and stuff like that. But there's something about this game that's just highly addictive to where before you know it, you've spent 30, 45 minutes playing this game. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is a lot of fun. If you're an achievement chaser, you like the unlocks. If you like a, a bullet hell game, uh, if you just want to know that if I play a level and I beat it, it's 30 minutes. Like it's one of those, that, like, you know how much time you've spent. It tells you right at the end of a match. So it's, it's a little harder to get lost in. Yeah. Unless you want to, you know, it's, and I think they did up the price a little bit, but it's still well worth every penny. Yeah, on well, it's on Game Pass for one. I want to note that it is on, or it came to Game Pass because I remember I mentioned on Twitter, "Hey, this came to Game Pass," and on right. mobile, it's free, but it doesn't include the DLC because there was some kind of DLC for it that's like a dollar ninety nine or something. Yes, I did play that recently. Adds, uh, hand, well, it doesn't add much at the beginning. It adds a bunch of stuff to unlock. Uh, new level, which is very dynamic, very different from the other levels, and some new characters and weapons, which are very unique. Yeah, I've I've played with all four of the first characters. My favorite one so far is the uh, the third one, which is like there's two mage characters. Then there is the first guy with the whip, which is like a Castlevania shout out, clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's like the fourth guy that throws like daggers around. The only one I managed, the highest I've been able to get so far is the level ten in like the first level, and I always die. <laughs> but, yeah. But there's something about it where you're dying. You're like, just one more run. Maybe I'll get a little bit further this time. And then it just keeps you playing. It's highly addictive. The soundtrack is phenomenal. I love those classic soundtracks. Like sometimes I'll just download old soundtracks from like Nintendo or Super Nintendo or stuff like that. And this is very reminiscent of that era of gaming. So, yes, I thought it was funny that that replaced uh, what was originally my number five, which I think was, well, we'll save it for honorable mentions because I got four honorable mentions, but. Sounds but yeah, good. it replaced all of those honorable mentions, which are all pretty big games. <laughs> and I was like, nope, Vampire Survivors is on my list because this game is freaking awesome and everybody needs to play it like right now. Right now! Yeah. It, if you're it listening is, it to is this, really good. <laughs> which will be Wednesday morning and you have a mobile phone, go download it. And if you haven't, or if you don't, you have Game Pass, download it on Game Pass. Otherwise, it's only on PC. It's not on PlayStation or Nintendo Switch yet, which uh, this game would fit perfectly for the Switch. Are you kidding me? Yes, I think it would. I mean, it fits um, perfectly on the phone because that's where I've been mostly playing it. Yeah, I was thinking about that, and I was like, well, I don't know how that would feel, you know, with the the single stick kind of. But it it, it, probably it works is great. It yeah. uses like a a touch stick, so you okay, just kind of yeah, circle yeah. around. Yeah, it works very. It works, and you can do portrait mode or landscape mode on the mobile phone. I haven't messed with landscape. Okay. I've only done it in portrait so far because I just mess with it. Like I messed with it earlier, or like when I'm on a break or something, I'll mess with it that way. But yeah, freaking awesome game. Amazing soundtrack. I'm actually going to try to see if I can find the whole soundtrack on like my YouTube music or something and download it because I want to hear the rest of the songs. That sounds really good. Just yeah. like when I love that soundtrack for The Messenger, which is right. still like probably my favorite game soundtrack of all time, which says a lot because that game's soundtrack is insane when you're trying to play it. But it's so good. It's it's one of those games that's like the side scroll like Ninja Gaiden or Ninja Gaiden, whoever, I don't know. I don't know how you say it. I say it how I say it. <laughs> and everybody can deal with it. 
but it's like one that's like that so it's like hard but you're like trying to time your attacks with the music and stuff and the music gets like a tense in part so it's really hard to concentrate right but it's yeah that's a phenomenal game which is on i think it's on game pass unless i took it off i know it's on uh for anybody that doesn't know i finally i finally got a playstation 5 so uh some of my games on my list are going to be playstation games obviously because i got a ps5 but yeah the messenger is definitely a playstation plus game so it was on game pass at one point i don't know if it's still there i couldn't say right as now. for vampire survivors it is only on xbox mobile and pc pc i checked earlier it's 4.99 yeah so it, still it, not a bad price no absolutely a great price i, I would have paid 10 bucks for it which is really funny because on Steam you can buy a bundle, which is the game, the DLC, and the original soundtrack all together for like nine dollars and eighty something cents. So oh, there wow. you go, you can pay the ten bucks yeah. and get the soundtrack and the uh, DLC, which you've already got the DLC, so it doesn't matter. But <laughs> right, you just essentially be paying ten for the uh, the soundtrack. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. So I think we're moving on to number four. Then. Yep, number four. All right. Uh, so again, I felt that innovating in a game is, you know, very exciting. And this was a style and a game that like, I didn't see the appeal at first, uh, but then I watched people play it and I got into it and it was very entertaining. And that's Stray. Ah, uh, yes. When people were talking about that, when it was coming out, everybody was excited. Oh, the cat game. And I was like, you're a cat. Like, I, I remember Echo the Dolphin and I didn't get it, you know? Oh my goodness. Okay. We're covering that. <laughs> okay. On throwback for yeah. sure. I freaking <laughs> love that game. Oh man. It's so hard, but my wife used to watch me play that. Yeah, I just I didn't get it. So when I was looking at Stray, I'm like, all right, cool, you're gonna be a cat. Like, what's gonna be the substance of the, this game? Is there gonna be anything to it? And then all the attention to detail, knocking things over, leaving paw prints from paint, uh the meowing, the way you could interact with the different robots, the story itself. Like, yes, you could burn through that game. It could be short, but you were really cutting yourself out of a lot of interesting things. You know, that was an exploration game. You know, it was, I say, you know, a lot. Uh, there was, there was just so much to see and look at and explore and knock down and scratch on. Yeah. Like, at a certain point you you, you kind of got cat brain you know you you were the cat and uh i think it, it it got a good response i think it went really well um all the controls and stuff were good i i think while some people say it was short i, I think it stayed the right amount of time i think if it was any longer it might have overstayed its welcome yeah that is a also a playstation i don't know which tier because there's like three tiers of the playstation plus and so whenever right. I got it, I did like the premium tier and now I've kind of knocked back down because I don't feel like that's worth it because a lot of the games just come for streaming services. And if I can't download it to my console, I don't want to play it because they can't work out their streaming. It's just right. not good. <laughs> but yeah, that was one of the first ones I downloaded. I, I dabbled in it. I didn't finish it, but I would like to go back and finish it because I was enjoying it from what I played of it. I like that you could like in the beginning of the game, go towards the shelves to just knock the paint off yes like down to the ground and i'm like man i'm I hope there's nobody down there because <laughs> that would suck yeah very a very cool i like games like that that do something different because we don't see a lot of those anymore a lot of stuff is just the same franchises every year or stuff like that yeah yeah so this one it did something different number four is a game that 
Um, I haven't actually finished yet, but I've started playing it again once I got my PS5. I originally bought it on PC, like when it first came out on mm-hmm. Steam. It was on Steam, and I bought it on there. And then finally, I got a PS5, and I was like, I'm gonna play this with my PS5 controller. So people are probably gonna be shocked by this because for some reason, it's getting it got like a lot of hate, and it kind of slipped under the radar of a lot of people. But oh. I'm absolutely loving it for some reason, and it's Ghostwire Tokyo. Like I've oh, okay. been. I've been playing this, and I guess there there's some faults with it. Like a lot of the enemies can like repeat themselves and look the same, but there's something about this game that like draws me in. I don't know if it's like the story of it, which is kind of weird, where the guy like kidnaps somebody's sister, and it's like all the people have disappeared, but they haven't really disappeared. They turned into like spirits, right. and there's like there's like a lot of weird Japanese like folklore and stuff mixed in. You're fighting evil spirits, and then you're getting like these little they look like origami. I can't remember the name of them, but you use them to take like the spirits of the people who have been like in between the, in between the world. Basically you kind of save them with that. And then you, the funny part is you go into a phone booth and you like doubt, you like load them into the phone booth and then they go back out into the real world and become their normal selves again. It's a very bizarre game, but there's something so fun about it. And the combat is freaking awesome. It's basically mage based combat, like magic based. Right. And so far, like you start, I think with a, you can uh, do a couple melee attacks. Then you get like a wind, wind spell powers. You hold it down to charge it up. You hit the enemy like a few times, and then their chest will open up, and there'll be like a core. And then you like exercise the core basically, and it'll show like these weird neon like glowing strings that you kind of twist around and like rip the core out, and it destroys the enemy. That's like something really cool. Yeah, there's something very satisfying about that. You can do a little bit of stealth. I've only gotten a couple of the stealth things because I end up running like into the enemy's head on because you're you're basically in the entire area of Tokyo, but it's overcome by this fog. And that's what's turning everybody into like the spirits. Well, not the bad spirits, but like the other ones I told you where they're they're like blue ghosts just kind of hovering in areas and you try to save them. But then like the main guy somehow has spread this fog. And so like if you go into the fog, you'll take damage but you come across like Shinto shrines and you cleanse the shrines and it'll open up an area of the map. And then you can kind of explore more. I'm not, I'm not like way. I'm like, I think two and a half hours into the game, but so far I'm like, yeah, I'm finishing this. This game is fun. (laughs) I don't know why I got so much hate. I think it, I think it got hate and then just kind of slipped under the radar of a lot of people. Uh, Yeah. uh, So I played the uh, prologue when it came out because I was, kind of excited to find out what it was about and the prologue played as a visual novel and i thought it was pretty decent but the art style and everything was not at all like it was going to be in the game yeah it was you know uh just to give you some background on characters and unfortunately everything i saw before the game came out the game came out looked bland like it just didn't all the hand motions for the spells and everything. I don't know if I was seeing some older stuff, but everything looked kind of basic. It, it looked like it was a, a beta version of a game. And right. there are a lot of beta versions of games that uh, get a ton of play. I mean, I'm looking at you, Tarkov. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I think that it didn't, it had a lot of gameplay uh, excitement and then, you know, its release, uh, uh, when they talked about it at the the one show, generated a lot of buzz. And then I think the, the like, the media team, I don't want to blame a media team. That sounds rude. Right. I, I think that, you know, what that had come out 
just wasn't getting people's interests, you know? Yeah, it's a shame because, like I said, I don't, I don't, I hope it gets a sequel, but I don't know if it will because I don't think it did super. I'm, I don't know how well it did selling wise, right? But I don't think it did great. But yet I've been playing it. I'm like, this game is fun. I like just kind of, I find myself just kind of exploring the map and like picking up all the random crap that you find. Cause there's like a lot of stuff that's like glitchy. Like it's glitching, like it's in the matrix or something. You can like punch that and it'll give you, it'll give you stuff, which will, most of the stuff is to like get your spell powers back. Cause you have like a certain amount of it, almost like it's ammo. Oh, and it'll okay. give you that. And then there's certain gold ones that you'll smash and that'll give you the coins and stuff. And that's where you can go to these cat figures that are like floating, which I'm sure has something to do with Japanese legend or mystery or something, but they run like the markets and stuff. And then they're, they'll sell you stuff, which a lot of stuff is like healing items, which is different foods. And it's really what I find really cool about it is like the different foods or different things you picked up. If you go into the like the in-game menu and you scroll through, it'll give like a bit of a lore piece for each thing. And like the food items are like real like history based, like how they came to Japan and stuff like that. And I find that like very interesting reading about these different Japanese foods and like snacks and stuff. Like I probably spent 15 minutes earlier just reading each of the little codex entries on the different foods that I picked up. See, that that is something that can really pull you into the game. That little bit of background. That that's what I'm talking about with the lore, you know. Yeah, and then I came across cuz in the beginning you come across a couple different variants. One of them looks like Slenderman. You probably saw that anybody who yes. watched like the game trailer there's like the Slenderman looking one. And then there's like the schoolgirl ones with like no heads. And, like, each of those ghosts you come across also gets their own codex entry, and it says, like, what they're meant to, like, portray or whatever. Okay. I can't remember all of them, but I know one of them was, like, the schoolgirl one is, like, the... It was, like, depression or something like that. And, like, it's, like, different things. So, they're, like, manifestations of that. Hmm. Which is kind of cool. And then the, the coolest looking one I came across was... Um, a little kid in a yellow raincoat just like a freaking It. And I was like, this is totally a shout-out to It. Probably and it, is. Honestly. It came it came with two codex entries, one on that character, which it said was meant was like a manifestation of uh, child abuse or something like that. So like the character you have to kind of or that that ghost you kind of have to sneak up on it. Because if it sees you, it'll call a bunch of the other ones. They're called visitors, it'll call a bunch of them and, and then just run away. Okay. So you can only exercise it by like sneaking up on it. But it had like a codex entry of there was like a case where somebody said a uh, child had went missing in a manhole. And the detective goes down the manhole and finds a kid in a yellow, in a yellow rain jacket that turns into a monster, and then a bunch of other monsters show up. And I was like, "Oh, this is clearly like an Easter egg for, like an it style story that they incorporate into it," which I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> that does sound pretty cool. And so all that was in like the first two hours or so. Okay. Like I said, a lot of it's like trying. A lot of me, a lot of it for me is like clearing this Shinto shrine so I can open up more of the Tokyo map and just like take in the surroundings. Because graphically, I think it looks absolutely gorgeous. And then I guess there's something about it being like this empty environment of there being like no people around that actually draws me in because I think it gives a more eerie vibe. Okay. That there's literally no people. You just run into spirits or like try to save stuff, and then you kind of just explore this like empty city. And uh, I don't know, there's something about that that draws me in. So yeah, there was a lot to say about that for only a couple hours that I played of it, but I'm loving it so far, and I think more people should give it a chance. It's yeah, also th- first person. I didn't, I didn't mention that. Oh right, I think that's a good sign though when you can put a little bit of time in something and get a lot of excitement out of it. Yeah, and the fact that it knocked off a couple of games that were like de- definites on my list, 
tells you that I've enjoyed it quite more than I thought I would. Right. And I think when I bought it, I bought it on sale because it PS uh, PSN had that uh, holiday sale through like December to the beginning of January. And I think I got it for about $20. So that, yeah. that was a, a good price for it as well. So. Yeah. You, you can't beat a sale. No, definitely not. Especially when it gets that low. Cause all the PS five games now are like 70 bucks. So <laughs> to right. get one for 20 is pretty awesome. Uh, so for number three, I had to go with uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West. Now, I really got into Zero Dawn for a game that I got nowhere in. I, I had picked it up. I put hours, I, I don't know, probably 12 or 15 hours yep. into what I thought was a good portion of the game, only to find out that I wasn't even exploring the world yet. Like, the last time I played it, I literally got out into like the actual world, like left my small area, you know, and started doing some hunting and stuff. So to find out that they were making a sequel was exciting. And it did, in my opinion, everything the first game did that was good. Yep. It was crafting your stuff, hunting the ro- uh, the robot animals. The design on all the animals is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, it's got variable difficulties, so you can really crank it up if you want a hard challenge. And you can't make it uh, just a simple walkthrough, but you can bring it down to a level where you can make mistakes. You know, you, you can explore. You can get a lot more out of the game if you don't want to spend an hour trying to figure out how to kill a giant robotic bear. Right. And it's just got such an art style. The way they all the characters um make armor out of the pieces of the robots, you know, the with the 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 face paint and the the decorations and how they do all their outfits and their villages. Everything is just so it's a very interesting world. It's really funny that you mentioned it as number three because it's my number three too. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And it was very hard for it to get into number three because I this is in my lifetime on PlayStation, I've played a lot of games, but I never used to hunt trophies in a lot of games. So, like, in my entire lifetime on PlayStation, I only have, like, two Platinums. Okay. In Horizon Forbidden West, I'm, like, 12 trophies away from getting a Platinum. Wow. Like, I was playing the crap out of it. And what's really funny is when I first got the PS5, I didn't want to play the the sequels to a couple games before I went back and finished the first ones because I never finished them. So, I went back and played through all of Horizon Zero Dawn and its expansion. I didn't do all the side quests though. Like for that, I was like, I am focusing on the main quest and the main quest only. And I did a few, like a few side things here and there, but I mo- mainly focused because I wanted to have time to get to the new one. <laughs> so yeah, that was one of the first things when I did to PS5 was I knew I already owned the complete edition of Zero Dawn and uh, God of War 2018. So I played through both of those and focused on like all the main stuff to finish those up. But yeah, Horizon Forbidden West is probably one of the best looking games on the PS5 as well currently like that game is gorgeous you get to some of the landscapes or like the sunset falling perfectly i remember the first things i comment commented on which i thought was funny was just yelling to my wife look how real and beautiful this water looks when i got to like the first river in it yeah it's insane how good that game looks yeah i agree it's it is a very pretty game like it, it there are a lot out there that that capture realism but th- that one really went the distance. Now, you ready for the thing that's going to make everybody mad, though, for me? Uh, 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 <laughs> I don't know. Am I? You, I don't know. I don't really like Aloy as a character. 
I mean, she's kind of rude. And, and now I get why she's rude and standoffish because when she was a child, she was an outcast and stuff. Right. But like, there are some times where she just seems downright mean to me. And I just don't really, I'm like, she's not that likable character, that likable of a character to be. I, I can understand that. <laughs> you know, not everybody has to like every, every character, you know? Right. And like you said, you understand why, you know, the, the, I, I can play a game. I can see exactly why I don't like a character and still enjoy them as a character you know like uh i i can have somebody make me dinner i can eat it tell them honestly what i think about it whether or not i liked it or not you know you, you right. can be objective about it so i i wouldn't say that should be upsetting anybody now if well, you I were just... going to go off about like the whole thing the internet did with like oh my god she has hair on her face like dude get close to a real person you know oh yeah well i did have some issues with her hair glitching out through her like like the back yeah. of her head and stuff but that doesn't bother me yeah i and mean it was that, just... that's video game stuff you'll have that I was especially like, when you, gotta... you can wear different costumes and stuff yeah when you got a game this massive with so much content a little bit oh, of glitchiness yeah. with a hair is probably the only real bug i encountered i am not worried about it right right yeah in general i thought it was really good yeah, I love when you get to where you can start uh, doing all the cauldrons because I did every single cauldron so that I could start taming all the different robots and use them to fight on my side. And right. getting to that first Thunderjaw, which is like the big T-Rex one, and getting one of those to fight for you is insane. Uh, all, and it's all so the animals, much fun. All the big ones are just incredible. I think yep. they're, they're amazingly well done. And then you get towards the end of the game where you can fly on the Sunwing that opened up a whole new gameplay mechanic because usually yeah. I would just fast travel and stuff like that. And then that was just kind of like, now I just want to see the world from like up above in the sky and just fly around. Right, right. And it just, yeah, the, it's the world that draws me in with Horizon Forbidden West. Like I, I, I'll admit I wasn't like huge into like the main story. Like there yeah. were some parts that hit me pretty hard emotionally. But other than that, like when it came to like the end of the world and Azina's and I was just like, this stuff is confusing I, to me. I wasn't really expecting the story to go the direction it went. And again, yeah, I didn't really play it for the story. Um, I played it for the world. I played it for the exploration. Yep. So that's, that's the same reason with like the original red dead redemption. I don't, I, I, I never touched the story. I just roamed and hunted and sold pelts and like, had yeah. a, an adventure and then when the second one came out i i kind of avoided it especially since uh it was getting so much praise for how amazing like oh look at the horse and every hair and everything i'm like it's i don't a good looking care too. uh but like then to try to play it i'm like yeah it just i don't know it, it didn't it didn't have the same charm to me but horizon has that charm for me you know it has that world yeah. exploration so yeah i love the second red dead too but i never finished the story in that one either i found myself spending most of my time fishing to try and catch all the legendary fish and that was like all i did half the time yeah <laughs> was fishing and hunting but yeah horizon for me it's the world there's like one mission and it's this is the other thing about horizon for me what's that's awesome to me is when you get to like the ruins of like the old ones as they call it which is like us basically right. like our civilization you get to like the different ruins and stuff and there's like one of the side quest missions like i don't even think you have to do it necessarily but i came across it and it's like in the ruins of vegas mm -hmm. and it I, well actually i think you do have to do it because it becomes a part of the main quest and it becomes like a water mission and i freaking despise water missions in any game even ever since mario yeah, because i'm just not good at water missions they kind of suck 
Yeah, I still don't like them in this one because in the water missions, this one you got to worry about the robots. If they see you, they'll attack you, but you can't fight back. Oh, fantastic! Which, <laughs> which really sucks. And there's like a really lengthy water mission, but like once you finally get through it, you kind of drain the water in the area, and then you can fight the fight the uh, different robot or different machines. I'm sorry, they don't call them robots; they call them machines. And you get like the big boss fight machine, which to me reminds me of like a Pokemon Lapras. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. like a big like machine version of that, and it's like a tough boss fight. But like after that, you kind of go into this area and you kind of like reignite or reignite. You like I don't know if it's a circuit breaker or something. And it kind of like brings all the neon lights and stuff back into Vegas, which at this point is just like a desert wasteland. So it's like a really cool thing. Like it lights up the casino area you're in, and like all the lights and stuff come back on. And then when you like go outside to the balcony, you see like all the neon lights from like the past of Vegas. And it's just like one of those moments, like I said, with the beautifulness of the world where it's just like stunningly gorgeous. And it's one of the coolest moments of the game to me. <laughs> like the payoff for having to do that horrendous water mission was being able to see this awesome like neon light shining everywhere. And like these neon digital fireworks that go off a little bit later on. It's just a really cool moment. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my number three, even though I talked about it like it was my number one. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we rolled our number threes together. It, it, it's pretty actually in my opinion humorous that uh our number threes ended up together because like you said you you had given me your list but then some things changed and i saw that you had a list i purposely didn't look at it too much because i didn't want it to color any of my picks you know yeah and i had a feeling a few of ours are going to cross over like probably another couple it'll just depend on if we have them in the same order or not which would be interesting well and that's the thing because there's only two left yep and for me number two is going to have to be God of War. God of War Ragnarok. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, everybody sorry. Knew. Yeah. Um, so Ragnarok. Uh, great story, gameplay, all these characters, beautiful world, combat. Man, just just a, a really good, out of the ballpark, in my opinion, game. It is also my number two and then I have to have probably the most complaint of any of these games I've had is that, man, just let me play the game. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, you can't go anywhere without one of your NPC companions telling you what to do. It, it, it's yeah. People make jokes about it, but it's like really bad sometimes. Cause it, it, okay. If it was a linear game with no side stuff, fine, you know, but there are hidden things in each level for you to go find. You know, they're chests that you have to kind of like, you know, backtrack and do stuff to get to and everything. And having someone just like you enter an area and somebody's like, hey, that looks like you should set it on fire. Like, man, I would have gotten that in a minute, you know? Yeah. Or or they just keep pushing to remind you to do something. It's like, can I can I look around for a minute? And it, it's it's like having a sibling that has already played the game sit behind <laughs> you, you know? And man, it drives me nuts. But for as much as that makes me angry, the fact that this is my number two should tell you just how good I think the game is beyond that. Yes. And that is another one I finished to completion, but I'm not going to get to it just yet. So obviously that just spoiled some things for me. <laughs> but yeah, I do agree about that. That was like the only one downside of God of War is that like you're barely in a puzzle for like two seconds before a trace is like, why don't you try shooting that? Or why right. don't you? And it's so freaking annoying. 
and it's Atreus. It's like all of them. Anybody you play as. My favorite yeah. line in the game that that uh, I also get sick of is anytime you're on fire, Babir, which is like the uh, the floating head character from the first game, is just like, right. "You're on fire, brother." I'm like, "Yeah, no crap, you're like, I can see him on fire. I don't need you to tell me that." And now, Mimir is the only one. He's that, my favorite character. Yeah, yeah I take none. his lines as a grain of salt because he can literally do nothing about anything. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So like, Atreus being like, "Oh, that looks like we could shoot it." kid you're the one with the bow you know whereas mimir is like huh looks like we're on fire like it sucks for mimir too you know yeah because he's on stop, fire drop too. and roll on top of him is he gonna be on like or uh when he when he calls out watch your back sometimes that's really handy other yeah. times it's just like i'm, I'm chuckling because it's like he is on your back well he's on your belt but um he's back there so is he really calling it out for your safety or his own kind of thing you know yeah and then he'll be like what is the point of having a shield if you don't use it brother yeah. that used to get on my nerves because i'd be like i am using it but everything they're doing is just going through it now that's normally for some of those hidden boss fights yes. that i really struggled with some of those are wildly difficult yeah i will say that i uh stopped and have not picked up the game again since i got to that queen valkyrie boss fight which is in like the end game. It I was like, an- nope, I'm not doing this. <laughs> it's another one where I would say if you're a Souls fan, Horizon can be ramped up to that difficulty. Yeah. God of War can easily be ramped up to that difficulty. Oh, yeah. And it has know? a God of War difficulty as well. So it has yeah. a hard difficulty. And then yeah. that, like, I'm playing, I'll admit that I'm playing, I usually tend to play on easy or normal. And yep. I think I went to easy for that, that Valkyrie Queen and still couldn't freaking beat her. Yeah. Uh, I, I, most games, if there's a, a difficulty, um, and I want to experience the game, the world, the story, I put it on whatever setting feels comfortable, you know, comfortable for me. Uh, some games I want a little more challenge, uh, it tends to be like shooters or something for me, you know, but other ones I'm like, yeah, cool. Um, the story, the world is the, the explorer is the game for me, not the, the fight. Um, but yeah, with God of War, uh, all the unlocks, the upgrades, your you know weapon. Uh, I don't want to say choices because you y- you mess with your weapons, but like you you have options. It's all they're just so so much to do. It's it looks really good. Uh, the number of times yeah. characters make fun of Kratos for his limited dialogue, more or less, because he does right. a lot of response grunts, which is fantastic uh yeah it, it's it's a thoughtful playful deep experience with a, a lot of combat a lot of exploration that unfortunately just has those side characters talking just a too little much. too much yeah <laughs> yeah and there's a couple i think it could have done with a shortening of the game too in some parts like some parts where you're like that part where you meet um oh that girl angraboda Okay. I think her name is Angraboda, where you play as uh you play as Atreus and you meet Angraboda and you're just like <laughs> wandering about that area collecting fruit. Yeah. Like I could have done without that. That was there extremely are, boring. There are a couple points where it feels like it's supposed to be it, it could have been a cutscene. It kind of feels like an on-rails uh chat. Like it, like a walking simulator RP chat. Yeah, you know? and I think I think it's like you said, that could have just been like a cutscene. 
Yes. Instead, because it felt like it was just a whole thing of you doing this just so you can get some like exposition between the two. So you can get like backstory into like her and like what was going on. I'm like, I feel like that could have been addressed in a cutscene. Now, the boss fight in that area where you get to Angraboda's like grandmother or whatever was freaking awesome. A lot of the boss fights are really good. They felt cinematic. Like there were, yeah. there were spots where it's like you'll be fighting a character. Um, man, I don't. It's new enough. I'm not. I don't want to say any names and spoil this. There is a character you fight against that revives you and yep. says, "No, no, no, no. We're not done yet." And I thought that was wild. Yeah, that it was, was pretty crazy. Quite awesome. <laughs> It was one of the craziest parts of the game. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's just so many like really cinematic moments, even in the middle of a fight, you know, sometimes like you're not even sure. Did, did I just go to an actual cutscene for, you know, four seconds and then back? It, I don't know. It, it felt very seamless, very good in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yep. That is very true. So that was your number two. Yes, it was. My number two, and this was actually very hard because I went back and forth between these games on my list for probably four or five days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> switching them back and forth. And uh, in the end, Elden Ring ended up as my number two. It was number... Take faith in the fact that it was number one for could be a time. <laughs> oh, okay. But it, yeah, it got knocked down to number two, which is really funny because if you remember from Rocky's episode earlier in the year, mm -hmm. both you and Rocky had picked Elden Ring and I refused to pick it I, had I to remember pick something different. <laughs> I remember, which is not even on my list. So that tells you how that went. <laughs> but yeah, Elden Ring is my number two. Um, I'm sure you'll talk more. You'll talk a lot about Elden Ring because you sank way more hours into it than I did. I think it was just something that, like, I'm not a Soulsborne player. I don't typically play games that are hard for me because I just can't handle it anymore. And as we already know, with being in the hospital and stuff like that with heart problems, I definitely can't handle it anymore. So, <laughs> Right. Um, but something about Elden Ring, it was more approachable, that vastness of the open world. And it was just, it felt like it was something that was never done before. It's like it's like once almost once a generation where a game like that, that hits like that and becomes accessible to almost any kind of player. It, it definitely did. It opened up this genre to more people. It was it wasn't easier. It wasn't harder. It was more accessible. It allowed options of gameplay and it brought in people's interest because of the world. It had the same kind of lore and depth that all of them do, but it was explorable and open. Yes. And anybody listening, if you want to explore some of that lore and depth that Elden Ring had, go back and listen to our Elden Ring lore episodes, which are our most popular episodes. Absolutely. So um, there's no doubt that we covered a good bit of that. I think we had four episodes. I think there's honestly a lot of things that we've covered in there that still haven't been talked about by some of the big war uh, YouTubes and stuff. So Yeah, and I think there's one section we might have even missed that we may have to go back one day and do just as a bonus for all the people that love those episodes. Oh. Because okay, I don't think yeah. we, we covered the underground area at all. No. No. Uh, I think we dipped into it slightly um, because there's a lot of it. There's like five yeah. sections. Yeah, and we I covered think we all touched the on the, the first one you can discover. Yeah, I think we touched on it, but we didn't go into like major detail. But right. yeah, all of the main stuff that directly related to the story we covered on our episodes. And see, I knew this would be a good one for you. 
uh, or I knew that you would enjoy this one when you were giving me updates. I'm stuck on this boss, you know, and then an hour, a day, whatever. I finished this later. boss. Yeah. The excitement, like the, the, like joy of getting that done. There is, there's something about uh, Elden Ring and that, that overcoming, you know, like you you might lawn mow through a dungeon, not think anything of it. And then you get to this next boss. You're like, why is this thing beating me? And yeah. then you, you get the upper hand, you get that win. And it, you're just, you, you're really excited about that moment, you know? Yeah. And oftentimes you are rewarded with something, you know? Uh, it's not a game where it's just like, you beat the boss, go to the next area. It's usually like, here's a sword or here's yep. some armor, a spell, something to almost commemorate the moment, you know? Yeah. And I remember like, I started doing really good for the like, the longest part. And then towards the end of Langdell Capital, that was where I like put it down, where I just got frustrated and couldn't, I just hit that wall and couldn't get past it. So I never finished it, but I was proud of myself for even getting that far. Oh yeah. Um, honestly, cause there was a couple points earlier on that you had gotten a little frustrated. Yeah I, almost quit. <laughs> I, yeah. I was like, man, just, you got it. Just take a little break, you know, push through and like, you would get, you would overcome that. And then you were just like back into it for a good chunk of time. Yeah. I remember really I cool almost, see. I almost quit on the first major boss of Margot or whatever. Like, yeah. right. <laughs> right. Cause I just got there too early and I didn't have enough stuff. Mm-hmm. I kind of, and then I think I almost quit right in the beginning of the game when you get to that first cave and there's like okay. that weird boss with the giant sword. He's like a rat looking dude. You got to go through a bunch oh, of wolves a and then fight him. Gotten. Yes. Yeah. And I, like he killed me a bunch. Now, like I picked it up again the other day for the first time in I don't know, probably six or seven months. Mm-hmm. And I like blasted through that dude like he was nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, muscle memory. <laughs> yep. And that's honestly how it feels to start new game plus because you come back to the very beginning, but you have all your stuff, and you are like new game plus is harder, but you are so much stronger at the end of the game than you are at the beginning that like you just walk out of there like you're riding your high horse like you were just having a great time just every left and right just taking things out so it, the, like once you beat the game if you if you want that little bit of push you're like ha i got this start up new game plus and just start rolling through it and it's a great time and i know there's a lot of side bosses that you may not even encounter to beat the game Oh yeah, like there really is. hard ones and bonus bosses and stuff like that. I always like that too. There, there is a hidden guy up in, um, or I should say, down in Kalid. You have to like go up into this one corner, drop down these couple of like drop puzzle almost areas where if you do it wrong, you're dead. Nice. That, oh yeah, you, I died a lot from fall damage. I will. Oh admit yeah. That. Then you get to this little platform, right? And there is one of those big golem, like uh, the the ones with the halberd or the the. Oh bow. yeah. There's one of those there, but instead of having orange energy emanating from, it's blue. Hmm. And there is nowhere to hide from. There, there's like one pillar to hide behind, and this thing has like ten times the health and ten oh, times the damage of normal, and um, he doesn't drop anything. There is an item on the ground there but that that guy himself doesn't drop anything and it's so frustrating to fight and hopefully beat them you know yeah and get nothing for it yep yep i can't remember what the item is off the top of my head but it is it's not like exciting enough for that you know That's but that crazy. guy he is there if you want that extra challenge 
And I remember I got to the one, it was like the general dude. I think general he's in Caitlin as well. And like, mm-hmm. no, the middle, of, it's like in the middle of the rot or whatever. Oh, um, yes. I cannot think of his name because there's a character that has an almost identical name to him up in the uh, uh, snow area. Yeah. And he summons a bunch of the archers and stuff. I never made it through that boss. I ended up just like skipping over it and just going, <laughs> that boss ticked me off too. So he is one of the uh, things that I have done at level one. Really? That's impressive. So you don't fight Well, you, you fight him, but you don't, you can make him walk just outside of his area and they're uh, rot geysers and you can make him like, you can space yourself out. So he can't quite get to you, but he keeps chasing you. So he'll walk into him and keep getting hit by the, the Scarlet rot. Yeah, I wanted his uh, banner because when you use its uh, Ash of War, it gives you and your allies a buff. And I wanted to make a character that was going to be summoned in to help others and use this buff for their damage on like boss fights and dungeons and stuff. So I was like, I got to get this thing early. So I had to figure out a way to do it. If you're not careful, though, the summons will find you or uh, there's clean rot knights in the area that will you know wander by close enough that you can pull them in. And that's just death. Yeah, his summons, those little crossbow guys, those were the ones that ended up killing me more than he did. Yeah. Like, I'd be trying to fight him, and then I'd be getting picked off by them, and I was just like, this is bullcrap! And I never, <laughs> I never yeah. finished that fight. Yeah, having um, enemy archers is always rough. Yeah, it is. So, we can continue talking about this, because, honestly, it's my number one. I kind of had a feeling it would be. Yeah, I, I have... 670 hours into it which for it's funny because that is an insane amount for some people and for other people it's a a drop in the bucket you know because there are people that played this they put you know 40 70 100 hours in they beat it they were good there are people that this is their game they do the pvp they help people they're on new game seven you know uh for me i am three achievements away from uh completing it two nice. of them uh one is a boss one is an ending and then the other one is getting all the other achievements so i i think of it as two i really should just you know pick it up and get it done um i am a little afraid of the one boss uh Plasuda Sax. he's in an area that i hate um is that because... one of the dragons yes he, he i think i saw that boss dragon. on youtube yeah yeah um that area, um, Crumbling Fair Missoula, is um, really hell for me because it's up in the sky and there's just infinite drops everywhere and cliffs and whirlwinds and stuff. And I have a really weird fear of heights in video games. I'm okay in real life for the most part, but video right. games, it just like the pit of my stomach drops out and I stress out. So That's like getting through funny. that whole area was rough for me. And then to have to like go and like take basically a secret path to a hidden boss that every time I lose to him, I have to make that run again. I was just like, I don't want to. Yeah, no, I don't want to. <laughs> That's funny because whenever I fall from like a high place in any video game, I always find myself yelling out like the entire fall. So it sounds like <laughs> I'm the character falling. I'm just like, ah. Oh, that's fantastic. I do that all the time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, everything from the the like community, because in the Souls games, you can put down markers to like leave notes for people and you can upvote these 
And when you upvote them in other games, it would like give you an Estus flask back. And this one just gives you some healing, right? Right. I enjoyed weaving, like I've turned my character so that when you would use this thing, you would see me face to face. I would do a congratulatory emote, like a clap or a cheer or something. And my note would say, you know, hey, you did it. You didn't give up kind of thing, right? And I got upvotes so many times on these things because people get through a boss and they're like, man. And there's my note at the end because everybody puts their notes before. There's my note right at the end, right after the fog. That just says, hey, good job. And let me tell oh, you, yeah. there's a couple of bosses I beat because right at a key moment, I got a heal from somebody giving me an upvote on one of those. And nice. it was just a great feeling. And then like we'll go into a spot and just seeing a ton of blood stains, and you, you know, click on them to see what that person did to die. And it's just a, a spot where like everybody's just jumping off this cliff. Because one dude jumped off this cliff and somebody's like, oh, there's got to be something down there. <laughs> yeah, everybody down follows there. him. Yeah, but it's just like 10 people doing it. And it's like, oh, man, that's great. And then the fact that you could put in a code so you could join groups. So, you know, there's, you know, YouTube channels and stuff out there that had these codes. So you could see their people in this group, their notes would look different. Their bloodstains would look different. And then when they beat the game, when they became the Elden Lord, Everybody in that group got a small uh, bonus to the the runes they would gain. Oh, really? And it would, it would cool. announce it, yeah. So, like, there's just uh, just enough built in like community to the thing, you know. And then being able to summon people in. Yep, you could co-op it. Yeah, and like you can summon random people if they put their sign down or they choose to be summoned in an area. So sometimes you'll summon in uh, a naked guy with like a bow sometimes you'll summon in a, a knight with a big great sword you know you can see what they're going to be first but just like the the spread of people how they play the game and i i think it should be fairly obvious about what i think about the lore of the game considering our war episodes how long oh, they yeah. are and how much we went into and we didn't even get the entirety of the game you know no uh i love the world in all these games i i they are some of the best backgrounds like i i said this about doom because i didn't care for doom the gameplay it was too much for me but man that was a great game to look around if if you're like into that kind of style and that imagery it, it was mind-blowing and i feel that way a lot about this if you just stop for a minute and you look up look in the the hills look at the castles look over at the Erd tree it's visually impressive, you know? Yeah. Speaking of Doom, go listen to our Infinite Journeys is Doomed episode, which is all about Doom Eternal. Absolutely. So bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, but as soon as you said it, I was like, oh yeah, we actually covered that in detail. We, we sure did. Uh, you more detail than me. Uh, it yeah, was just I a lot of me it. messaging you of, I am stuck here. And you're like, you can do it. And I'm like, man. <laughs> can i just cheat code that's where we switch places like right. where, uh, in elden ring i'm telling you i'm stuck here in and uh doom eternal i was like you can do it i believe in you <laughs> right so i guess we would get down into my number one which we've kind of already talked about it's god of war ragnarok yeah to me, I... the story and like i said just like with horizon forbidden west um well actually the version of the ps5 that i got came with the god of war ragnarok so it was oh. like the bundle nice i was like of course i'm gonna play this it came with it but i decided to jump back and play through the first one 
like I played through the entirety of God of War 2018, which I had never finished when it first came out, and went right from that into God of War Ragnarok. So it was like a continuation of the entirety of the story. Right. And like to me, it was the story of that game is just such a like it's a really cool experience, especially from like the first game is seeing Kratos being like more like douchey basically <laughs> to Atreus. Like yeah. and he becomes more of a father as it goes on into the second game and like you see that softer side of him. So it was just kind of like seeing the way his character changed and became more of a father and the way they interact with each other in a different it's it's just so freaking good. It like, is. I don't know if he's doing a good job, but he is certainly trying. Yeah. Yeah. And he's this person with this really dark past and like he doesn't want to go back into the violence that he had in the original games. That was something I thought was really cool about God of War and God of War Ragnarok was that it takes place in the same timeline of the original God of War 1 through 3. Like it's all like it's all in the same. It's not just like a revamping of the series starting from scratch. Like, no, like that stuff in Sparta and all that, like that still happened in this storyline, which is also cool. And when you finally get those, well, you get them, you get them relatively early in God of War Ragnarok. So I don't want to, I was, I was talking more about 2018, but like when I went back into 2018, I had no idea that the Blades of Chaos were even going to be in either of the games. So when I finally got those, (laughs) I was excited to see them. I think the axe is cool. But yeah, I like I really I really missed the blades of chaos. Like, yeah, and what I I found myself using them mostly, but then once you without spoiling too much, once you end up getting like the three, well, I guess it's not really a spoiler. You get like a spear, the axe, and the uh the blades of chaos, and you kind of depending on the different enemy types, you kind of interchange between those three weapons and Ragnarok to fight different enemies. So I found myself just constantly using all three weapons, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and like you can have uh, synergies between them because you can apply uh, what uh, effects on them that can be increasing the damage of the other weapons. Or um, yeah, I, I don't know. There, there's ways they work together. Uh, and when you I, get I thought to that those, was really cool. You get to like the trials in that one area, and so like there's one of the trials is to like defeat the enemies, and like each enemy takes one of those specific weapons in order, to, and it, you'll know that by like if their health bar is blue. Then you got to use the blades of chaos because of this fire. If their health damage is red, then you use the axe. And if their health damage is like goldish slash yellow, then you use the spear. I thought that was really cool as well. It's like, I, yeah, I do like that. I, I like when the game uh, color codes it, so to speak, or gives you some kind of indicator that this is what you know you need to use. Because it's nice to have that built-in reason to use the other weapons. Yeah. And, uh, of course, some of the freaking kills are just gory awesomeness. <laughs> like, when you kill those werewolf things by grabbing them by the jaw and just, like, ripping their skin down, it's so gory. <laughs> it's so freaking cool. Yeah, a lot of those kills are really wild. Yeah, they're pretty amazing. So, yeah, that was my number one. Uh, Asher, did you have any honorable mentions? Because I have a couple. I'm not going to touch on them in, like, super detail. I'm sorry, I broke up for a moment. What was that? Did you have any honorable mentions? Because I have a couple that oh, I'm not going to um, go into like super detail, but I do have a couple on my honorable mentions. No, not really, because I I really struggled for um my my fifth. Like I, I wasn't sure what else to put in there, and that that's kind of where Pokemon came in. So honestly, I that or like I had games that I was really into, but they weren't from that year. So. 
Yeah. All of my honorable mentions are all from last year. The first one being Dying Light 2, which everyone remembers at the beginning of the year. I said it was my game of the year when we did. Yeah. So, like, go listen to Audio Oddity and listen to that episode. I'll talk about that in greater detail, so I'm not going to touch on that too much here. Uh, the other, I have, like, three more. One of them was uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I wasn't, I was, when I went into it, I was just going to be like, oh, this is just going to be another Call of Duty game. But for some reason, that multiplayer, for a good bit, I stopped playing a couple months ago, basically when I got the PS5, because I just didn't play my Xbox for a while. <laughs> right. But yeah, when I was playing that and playing that with friends and hopping into that multi- multiplayer, it just feel there's just something really satisfying about this one. And I think they did a really good job. So that was one of my, honorable, I think it was originally my number five, but it got replaced by Vampire Survivors. Yeah, it. Call of Duty, it's 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 almost like a sports game at this point. You just expect a new one every year. Yeah, and and they're that, hit or miss because sometimes yeah. they're not as good. But this year, I was like, yeah, this one's on point. Yeah, that's what I've heard a lot from people. So yeah, I I can see that being an honorable mention. And then my other two honorable mentions are two games that a lot of people are giving hate to, and one of them I really don't get it, and it actually kind of ticks me off a little bit because I played it as well. I didn't quite finish it yet. I'm still working on it. I was actually playing it on my YouTube channel, so whenever I return to YouTube, I have to finish it. That's the Callisto Protocol. It came out, I don't know, in November, I want to say. Like I said, I was playing it on the YouTube channel. Too many people are like, I know they're comparing it to Dead Space because it's like, oh, you're in space and there's monsters, but to me, it's not a dead like it's not dead space. Like uh, the story is different, the monsters are different. You're not like trying to dismember their limbs or anything like that, like Dead Space was, right? Uh, in it, and yeah, I don't think this game deserves the hate that it's getting. I think it's it's not quite there. It's like almost there to where I think if they do a sequel, they're really gonna knock it out of the park. I I had heard it had some performance issues. Uh, in which... the beginning, it did which I can understand getting a little bit of flack for that, but like we've seen anymore that games get pushed out, you know, and they often launch when they're not ready. Yeah. But when people are stuck on comparing something, yes, there's a lot of visual similarities between dead space and Callisto protocol, but you're setting yourself up for disappointment. The number right. of people that I've seen say, oh, Elden Ring is like Breath of the Wild, but harder. No, yeah, that's you know, no, why are you doing you Just are, stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, you are going to set someone up for disappointment. They're going to come in with a idea that is not right. Like, fine, if you want to compare stuff, usually I like compare like art style or um, uh, sometimes gameplay, music, you know, something like that. Uh, something like... um. Curse of the Dead Gods and Hades, you know, they're both top-down uh, roguelike games, you know? Yeah, Hades and... is freaking amazing, Yeah, by the way. I mean, I have that on my Switch. I originally played it, started on Game Pass, and then ended up buying it on my Switch. And was... I haven't beaten it yet, but that game is addictive, too, just like Vampire Survivors. Like, it's was highly that addictive. last year? No. Okay, I, I didn't, I didn't think so. Yeah, But uh, Hades 2 got announced. Yes, uh, that is something I think uh, will be worth looking forward to. Um, 80s was 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's three years old. Yeah, now. three well, years old now. It's going to be. but In um, September, it'll be three years. September 17th. Okay. So it's it's a little over two. Um, yeah, uh, Callisto Protocol. Uh, you know what? If you want a space, maybe, horror game, I don't know if it qualifies 
they're creepy. It's a prison moon, basically. Yeah, yeah. If you want a creepy space game, give it a shot. You know. And yeah, like I said, I need to finish it. I haven't finished it on the YouTube channel because a lot of things happen. And then like whenever we stop recording the podcast, I end up stopping YouTube for a while as well. <laughs> so right, hopefully right. I'll get back into YouTube soon and actually finish it. But yeah, from what I played of it, like I love, you know how I am where I stand with horror. I just love horror games. So oh, absolutely. it hit it hit that spot for me when it came out where there wasn't a lot of horror games out at the time. So like, yeah, I love Callisto Protocol. The other one, which is another one that gets a lot of hate in, in a very specific area of this game, I get the hate. Like, but for some reason, I still love the entirety of the game. Beat it. Kept playing it even after I beat it for a while just so I could. And that's uh, Gotham Knights. That's okay. another one that's getting like a lot of hate. And like, like I said, with some of the hate, I understand like the fact that it only runs at 30 frames per second is atrocious. This game should be at 60 frames per second. Like probably that's a standard for most games. Yeah, considering it's a a new gen game. And I remember uh, the the uh, developers of this. I don't remember who, who the developers are, but I remember them saying, "Oh, it runs like that on Xbox Series S because it's like a potato or whatever." And like I played it on Xbox Series S, honestly. And like, like I said, I do think it should still be sixty frames per second. But other than that, I thoroughly enjoyed the game. Um, I love the story, but I'm a big like batman universe and like marvel like i'm a big nerd when it comes to that stuff and i actually think it's funny because i do love batman but i like some of the other characters in the batman universe even more than batman like red hood specifically is one of my favorite characters they've got a little more depth than the old dark knight yeah and red hood is the main character i played as i did i dabbled in some of the other characters but red hood was the one that i beat the game with just between like him and nightwing basically i didn't really screw around with batgirl or robin just because they're not characters i care as much about or know as much about but yeah red hood was the one i beat it with all the way through i thought the story i thought they handled the story really well it's just the frames per second and a couple bugs here and there i think kind of tore it down which is why it ended up in my honorable mentions instead of on my list because it was almost on my list i sank hours into that game this is a good example i think of why you need to ask a question when you keep hearing oh this game's bad this game's bad this game's bad ask why if there's no concrete answer it's probably not, you know, it's kind of like the pineapple on pizza or the candy corn thing. Yeah. People just get so used to the internet telling them that something is bad that they just regurgitate that idea, you know? Yeah. And a lot now, of time with stuff like this, it's all a matter of opinion. Like even yeah. our top five list, it's a matter of personal opinion and personal preference. It's not like, a, oh, these are the, you know what I mean? It's like right. how we feel about what we play. I mean, uh, Bloodborne, um, one of the like most fan favorited of any of the Souls games in a lot of ways is a 30 frames per second game, you know? And yeah. And will tell you how good that game is, up, down, left, and right. But it's the same frame rate as this one. Like, so yeah, what, it's do, like, what do you want, you know? And it's a PS4 game. Right. I don't, well, Gotham Mites might have been on PS4. I don't, I'm not sure. I didn't yes, write I didn't write down the is, consoles that they were on until the most anticipated. <laughs> the the time frame between the two. There there is there's very few reason why this couldn't have been 60 frames unless it was designed to work on uh maybe the Switch first. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, and let's be honest, Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok are also both on PS4 and PS5. Right. Running at 60 frames per second. Exactly. So, so yeah, you can't you can't use the excuse of the Xbox as a potato because you also had it on PS5 and they had the same issue with that. But like right. I said, other than that, when it came to the story and the game, a lot of people complained that like 
oh, this game is slower than the Batman Arkham games. I'm like, well, it's not the Batman Arkham games. It's a different freaking game. And I actually didn't mind the slower combat. Like, I found myself doing better because it was a little bit of a slower pace. Yeah. So I can understand that. Yeah, I loved it. Like I said, my big thing, I like being able to unlock the different weapons and the different costumes. You know, I'm a sucker for that cosmetic thing. Oh, yeah. That was what I spent most of my time doing was trying to get all the different costumes. Now, granted, some of the like the criminal things like fighting the same groups of enemies and doing that stuff can get a little repetitive. But I felt that way also in the uh, the Spider-Man game originally on PS4. And I freaking that was like one of my favorite games of all time. But a lot of games have that issue. Yeah, it's like have you never played a Dynasty Warriors or um, yeah the uh, any of the Ninja Turtle games or like any of the comic book games or like mass fighting games? Guess what? Not every enemy is unique. Yeah, a lot of the times they'll be the same the same stuff. And like I said, doing that stuff that doesn't bother me because I'm just trying to unlock cool stuff. But yeah, I loved it, but it just kind of got nudged out by some games I just loved a little bit more. But yeah, I did beat it to completion probably a couple of months after it came out and loved every bit of it. So I just wanted to note that I like to go against the grain, so to speak, a lot of times where I'm like, you know what? I like what I like it. If you don't like it too bad, <laughs> <laughs> just mute me or mute, yeah. mute the podcast when I talk about what I like. Well, don't actually do that because I need to listen. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I guess we will get into our most anticipated games of 2023. I already told people this episode is going to be longer than other episodes so i told him to prepare for it it's been like two months what do you want from us so should i start at my the bottom on this one and work my way up okay the way i did it i don't have them in any specific order but i have them in the months that they're going to release so i have by january okay i might as well just tell you here i have january games february games march games april games june games and then i have a set of games that are supposed to come out this year but don't have a specific date announced yet see i didn't that's kind of how i did it yeah, I just did that. So <laughs> you can I do like your go... order, and then if one of them falls in my list, then I'll just state oh when that game comes out. I think I'll I'll end with my most anticipated games. So um I'm gonna start out with uh Lies of P, which Ooh, is I haven't heard of this one, so this is cool. An incredibly unfortunate title. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, it is a weird title. But what it is, it's like someone was playing through Bloodborne while their kid was watching Pinocchio and they got this idea. So it it looks like a Victorian era uh, Souls-like game, but you're playing as, I believe, Pinocchio, but it's very dark Hmm. uh, Victorian and it's got all the, you know, the active dodge, the, you know, um, the the, uh, combat combos and everything that would make a Souls-like game. But it's this whole dark Victorian thing, which I think does really well. People are really interested. It's, it looks very atmospheric, very scenic. I haven't seen lots of it. I like to kind of get a little glimpse of a game, kind of pack it away, and then you know stop paying attention to it. Right. Because the last time I got excited for a game when I first heard about it, and then kind of was like, you know what, I'm going to hold off until I see how it does, was... Um, Shoot, it is a space exploration game that promised the world and gave nothing on release. Yeah. I can't think of what it's called. It's doing great now. Uh, no Man's Sky. Yeah, No Man's Sky. I was just about, I was like, I know this, but I couldn't think of the name of it. Yeah, yeah. that, that one, it, it 
promised everything, looked amazing, gave nothing, but they've continued with it. They've put in the effort, the work, and they've made that an amazing game. It's not a game for me, but I feel like I want to do the same thing with this. I want to be cautiously excited in the background about it because it could be a very good um, game. It, it could have a lot of atmosphere, a lot of story, or it just could be a little flash in the pan that I hope I only have to pay like $10 for. Yeah. So that's why it's, it's on the low end of my list. Yeah. My, uh, my first game is also, well, I didn't do them in any particular order. Like I said, I just did them in the, in terms of like what was coming out when. Right. So you're but chronological. Yes, but if I did, this would probably be the lowest because I'm still iffy on the game. I kind of dabbled in a demo a little bit, thought it was kind of cool, but wasn't really sure how I felt about like the dialogue and the banter and stuff. That's Forspoken, which is coming. That sounds familiar. It's coming to PS5 and PC January 24th, so like literally in like a few days. Right. (laughs) It's like a... You play as this girl, I guess, that gets transported from like the modern realm into like some other realm, and she's like, I don't really understand what's going on in a demo. I'll just be honest, except that I have cool like magic spell powers, <laughs> and that's where I found the real fun. Like you've got different enemies. It's kind of like an open world environment, and you can bounce between these different spells. It's it seems kind of cool, but I'm kind of. On the, the journey of side. Frey, a young New Yorker transported to yep. the beautiful and cruel land of Athia. In search of a way home, Frey must use her newfound magical abilities to traverse the sprawling landscapes and battle monstrous creatures. Yeah, it kind of uh, has some Elden Ring style looking like bosses and stuff. It does. It looks very it. vibrant. Um, and uh, it's Square Enix. So if you like, you know, their RPG stuff, you'll probably like this. Yeah, I was kind of iffy on this one, like I said, because I like didn't really understand what was going on. But something about the spell system, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. So like, uh... I don't know if it's a day one for me, but I will I definitely play it at some point, I'm sure. I, I will be curious to look into this. I don't know if I'll play it. There, There's a section here that's, uh, you know, tells you about the characters and it's got five. One of them is your main character. Three others, I didn't really read what they were about because uh, they. I'm guessing they're allies or enemies. Yeah. But one of them is an armband. It's a golden armband that can talk to you and it teaches you to cast spells. And I... Okay, so that's what was talking to me in the demo then. Okay. See, I didn't I... know. There was no context on that. I just thought it was some dude talking to me. Like, I thought like she was in some VR game world. <laughs> it was just a dude talking to her. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, apparently he's supposed to be cynical, and I already generally don't like inanimate uh, companions. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah, like I said, I just thought it was like a dude in a headset somewhere. I I didn't have any context on that, but so like I said, it's on my anticipated list of something that looks interesting, but I'm not quite sure where it's going to be yet. Yeah, I I can see that it, it does. It's. If you like the um, the look of Elden Ring or Monster Hunter, but you wanted a little more sunlight, I think this is or uh, Horizon. Like it, it, yeah. it looks very environmental, like those. And then it sucks me in because I like playing as magic classes in a lot of games, like Elder Scrolls and stuff like that. I like using the magic a lot of times, so that kind of drew my interest a little bit. It was just playing around with the spells and stuff seemed cool. Oh, there, there's one screenshot here where she's underwater. So uh yeah, oh, you well. might get a, a water boss. <laughs> oh boy. 
If I can actually fight in the water, I might not mind it. But if it's like Horizon where I couldn't fight and I had to hide and then it would just see me trying to hide in the seaweed right. because I'm just this giant human figure trying to hide in seaweed. It <laughs> just didn't work out in my favor. <laughs> uh, so um, probably my next up would be Redfall. It's um, ah. uh, one of the like off brand Bethesda games, kind of like uh, Deathloop was. Yep. Where you are, think of Left 4 Dead. You're it's it's like a squad based game, vampires, Borderlands, like yeah, where you've got like your skill trees and everything. Uh, each character is different class effectively, but you're fighting vampires and thralls in this uh, town of Redfield or Redfall, Redfall. Yeah, Redfall. That is um basically secluded. By some means, bubbles, you know, mist, whatever it is, it, it's the uh, the plot device that keeps you there. But a lot of times, these squad-based shooters, they may fall off from the mainstream, but they're usually still a lot of fun if you've got a crew. So right. hopefully it's got good matchmaking and it's got a following where you can kind of jump in and play with whoever. But if you've got a group that likes to play these kind of things this is probably going to be great, you know? Yeah, Redfall was on my unannounced part of my list, so it's on mine as well. Yeah, it's it's one that I'm I'm tentatively excited for. Again, oh, they, that's why it's down here at the bottom. It, it's not a, it's not one that I'm like, ah, I'm not interested. Uh, I'll get rid of that. But it, I, I'm curious, you know? Yeah, and one thing I'll note is it'll be on Xbox Series S and X and PC, and it is also a Game Pass game. Yes, I think so it's a Game, day pass, one game day pass day one. Yeah, day one Game Pass. I bought a note on the, the games on my list that are day one, and that was one of them. Awesome. My next one, hugely excited for this one, comes out very soon, which is why, like I said, Forspoken's on my list, but that doesn't mean I'm getting it day one, because this one I'm definitely getting day one. It's actually There's actually quite a few of these uh, style games on my list, which are like horror remakes. Okay. There's like I don't know, three or four of those coming out this year, but the uh, the first one comes out January 27th, right around the corner, and that is, of course, Dead Space Remake. Highly anticipating this one. I played the original Dead Space. I never actually finished it, but I'm really, like, it was one of the scariest games I ever played, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it remade with this modern graphics engine and seeing where they can push that. We were going to talk about Dead Space in October, or it was yeah, one we, that were. we had thought about talking about. And then I found out that the remake was coming, and I was like, oh, right. let's just wait. And I dipped into that for the first time that month. And I thought it's it terrifying. was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it, a remake for this, I think, will be well-received. Oh, yeah, a and lot of people are excited for it. I think it's going to sell really well because of the trip-ups with Callisto Protocol, because people wanted Dead Space and didn't yeah. get it. I think so that's now where they're going to be getting it, you know? Yeah, I think that's kind of what hurt Callisto Protocol. Like we were saying, when too many people are comparing it to Dead Space, and we were getting the Dead Space remake right around the corner. Right. So, like, if they nail it and they knock it out of the park, it's going to be amazing. That'll also that'll be on PS5, Xbox Series S, and X, and PC. Yeah. And like I, I said, January 27th, I plan on pre ordering that very soon because that's right around the corner. I think that like with remakes, you know, it's such a a favorite of people's that I'm not so sure what else we could say other than if you if you loved it, you're gonna love it, you know. Yeah, it doesn't if look you, like they're if changing... you love Dead Space, you're gonna love this. 
I don't know how much I don't know how much if any of the like the story or anything they're changing, but I have seen like I think they showed a bit of like a gameplay trailer of certain parts of it, and I was just like, this looks like it's gonna be freaking ins like gorgeous another gorgeous looking game, majorly updated. Um, I don't think in the original Dead Space, I don't remember Isaac talking that much, but in this one, it looks like he's getting full full dialogue. So I think they did change that. I, I don't know if he was. I I can't. I don't think he was voiced. Yeah, I don't think uh, he was in the original. A lot of people talked to you. Yeah, and then you didn't. Your character didn't talk back. But yeah, in right. this one, it looks like Isaac is fully voice voice, which I think is going to be pretty cool to see too. I like that. Now, is it um, being done by the same studio that did the first one, or is it like, um, um, what was it? The D- Demon Souls was redone by like Blue Point, and they they tweaked some of the things that you know were not great necessarily in the original. I'm not sure. I'm trying to find out who's making the remake. Oh well, we might have to look at that as a later point because I guarantee we'll talk about the the remake. So published by EA, which was the same as the original. Okay. uh, Motive Studio. Mm, I don't know anything of them off the top of my head, so I guess we'll see. Because yeah, sometimes uh, when they do those remakes, they they uh, or remasters, they they fix just a, a little bit here or there that just makes the game so much smoother you know yeah okay it is a different studio because it looks like the new one is ea motive and the original was uh visceral games okay was the original dead space i guess it is a different studio that'll answer that question (laughs) yeah i will we'll have to wait and see how it goes you know yeah from what i've seen it looks awesome i only got a couple weeks yet and i'm pretty excited so i am on a three of five that I have. Uh, that oh, I'm geez, I have like 17. I know. That's why I figured mine. <laughs> well, Redfall already got knocked off, but <laughs> yeah. Um, Hollow Knight has a second iteration coming out, Silk Song. Mm. I'm not good at Hollow Knight. I really appreciate its art style, its gameplay, everything about it. Like, I, I admit it is a wonderful game. I also admit I am trash at it, <laughs> but I am excited to take some stabs at silk song but i'm really excited to see people play it because it's it's that uh castlevania style or metroid style like you know side scrolling uh kind of game with all the the jumps and little hidden pathways and everything but you're you're playing a character that seemed to be a fan favorite from the first one like she was she uh showed up at a couple points you know and uh just the 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 little bug world that you're in with in these games is very interesting it's very different you know breath of fresh air in a way uh it's not really deep on necessarily color palette or anything it, it's it's basic in a lot of ways but it never makes you feel like it is a a cheap game right so i'm excited to see what they do with this one because it was people loved um hollow knight you know it's something I heard so much about before I even saw anything about it. And then, you know, getting into it and finding out the whole culture and just how much people are excited to like see other people get into it. it, it I don't know. I think it's going to be good. The next game I have on my list. <sighs> I'm excited for the game, but there's like a lot of crap surrounding this game right now that just annoys me. And like, we don't really get political or into any of that stuff on the game. 
but you know that I stand in my lane and like the spite was going on. If I am excited for something, I'm just going to say I'm excited for it. So I'm not going to let it tear me down. Yeah. That's Hogwarts legacy. Yeah. I know there's an issue with JK Rowling and that kind of stuff. And I completely understand that. But as far as I'm concerned, this game is not her. This is like a brand new game set like three hundred, two or 300 years like before that stuff. And like, yeah, I know that there's like a lot of stuff going on with it, which is unfortunate. Because from what I've seen of this game, the game itself looks really freaking cool. So yeah. I'm playing it. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, people are free to make their decision. Just if if you're going to play it, play it. If you're not, fine. You know, yeah. don't make a point to, you know, make an excuse. You know, I, I hear people like, well, I want to support the devs. Well, I got news for you. They've already been paid, you know? Yeah. If If you think that supporting her is a bad thing, but you want to play the game and you, you know, say, well, I'm supporting the devs. You already know you're going against what you believe, you know? So pick a side, not even a side. It's a game. Pick whether or not you want to play it. And there you go. You know? That's what I'm saying. For me, it's just a game. Like I'm like playing this game does not mean that you're for or against anything just because you want to play a game that you think looks cool. It is like, a world and like- a franchise that was, very influential on a generation of people that helped people through their childhood, through their teenage years, get through maybe a lot of things in life. Unfortunately, it's tied to someone that, you know, may not work well with the ideas these people have gotten to, you know? So that sucks. There is a whole political thing to this. And I don't mean that isn't like, you know, politics. I mean, that isn't like the, the all sides of this. But like I said, there's a this is a world, this is an IP that meant a lot of things to a lot of people before they knew anything. And sometimes they still need that, you know? So just think about what, think about whether or not it means anything to you, you know? Don't go out there to harsh anyone on this game or, you know, either way, because they may not support any beliefs they may need this, you know, they may not. Yeah. It's, it's neither here nor here there. Yeah. And that's where my issue is like when it comes to the rights and stuff, I'm not going to get into super detail, but I believe everybody has the rights and everybody should have their freedom and their rights to live. However they want to live and do whatever they want to live, do whatever they want to, <laughs> whatever, like live right. their life as long as it's not harming other people or like physically hurting people. Like that's yeah. where I stand. That doesn't mean I'm a bad person because I want to play Hogwarts Legacy, which is where the issue is that I have with people on Twitter right now. Right. They're just, if they find out that you posted on Twitter that you're playing this game, then you're automatically like anti this or anti that, or you're a horrible person. And that's not the case for most of the people. It's just people that enjoy this universe and just want to play a game that looks cool. And that's kind of where I stand. Right. I just wanted to get that off my chest because like I said, I thought about it and I was like, no, I'm not removing this from my list. People are going to say what they want to say, and it's going to happen regardless. But I stand where I stand. The game looks freaking cool, and I'm looking forward to playing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's where it is. So, yeah. um, so let's see. Um, I am really excited to play something that I know nothing about, and that's Atomic Heart. Oh my goodness, that's on my list too. It is such a Fallout-esque looking game. It's so very uh, Bioshock and Mad Max and Fallout and all that like dystopian 
post-apocalyptic almost steampunky kind of like vibes it has yeah very bioshocky yeah sure and that's what intrigued me nothing about it but i did watch that trailer and i said i gotta play this you know yep that's where i stood too I, and I, it follows again my trend of like, oh, that man, that looks good. I'm not going to pay any attention to it till it comes out, you know. Yeah. So unfortunately, it may be one of those that I don't play right away. Um, well, actually, I probably will because if I remember it, it's day one on Game Pass. Yep. I was just about to note that if you didn't, Game Pass day one. It's uh February 21st, also on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series S and X, and PC. And uh, quickly, I forgot to mention that. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy is February 10th on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series S, and X, PC. And this one kind of weirds me out a little bit because what I've seen of the game, it looks like graphics intensive. Nintendo Switch! I, I don't know it, how they're going to pull that one off, but uh, it'll I will be playing that on probably be one that you don't want to play handheld. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> but, that was um, for Hogwarts Legacy, not Atomic Hearts. That's not right, on Switch. Right. Um, but the Atomic Hearts, um, I yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to check it out and find out what it's about, and I, I'm excited to go into this basically blind because I think it's going to be a good discovery game. Yeah, it seems really cool. So that made up two of my three games that all come out in February. That's what I said. My my wallet's going to be like, <sighs> right. but at least with Atomic Hearts, it's a Game Pass game, so exactly. I'm not going to necessarily. If I really like it and want to get it on my PlayStation, I might buy it for the 70, but with Game Pass, I'll at least try it on there first. Oh, yeah. And decide absolutely. if I want to purchase it. The other one, which also comes out in February, which is not my typical style of game, but something about this one looked really cool. And that's Wild Hearts, which is kind of like Monster Hunter vibes, where hmm. it's like a hunting game against these big, giant, like monstrous, some of them look like more horror looking characters. Okay. And like, I think it's going to be a Monster Hunter contender. I'm not huge in the Monster Hunter. Like, I think the Monster Hunters I prefer are actually the Monster Hunter Stories games. They're like the turn-based RPGs. Okay. But I yeah. have played Monster Hunter Rise on my Switch, like a, a little bit of it and kind of enjoyed it. And something something about this is where I'm like, oh, this game is going to be a contender because it just oh. seems cool. It, it very much looks like like if I didn't know it, it, I'm looking at the like, trailer video and it's got wild hearts plastered across the front, but everything I'm seeing it it very much looks monster, monster hunter. hunter yeah, and I think that's cool because up to this point I don't know if we have a lot of games that are like Monster Hunter aside from Monster Hunter, so it's right. kind of cool that you're gonna have something a little bit in the same vein but like a different. That is out on February 16th on PS5, Xbox Series S and X, and PC. So that's a next-gen only game. Oh, nice. Which is really cool. Because we haven't gotten a lot of those. That was another thing like with Horizon Forbidden West and God of War. Like, I wonder how they would have been with those if they were true next-gen, but they also released them on PS4. Right. And I think I I like when we start getting these ones that are only on the next-gen systems because I'm like, oh, we'll see where this pushes things as we go along. Uh, Do you want to jump into covering uh, one of your next ones? I have to step away for just a moment. Sure, why not? <laughs> All right, I'll be right back. Alrighty. The next game I have on my list comes out on March 3rd. It'll be on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, SNX, and PC. It is also a Game Pass Day 1 game, which I didn't realize originally. That is Wo Long Fallen Dynasty, which is really funny because I saw a trailer for Black Myth Wukong the other day and for some reason thought it was the Wo Long trailer and thought it got delayed until 2024. 
And uh, up until earlier today, when someone corrected me on Twitter and told me I got the two games confused, <laughs> I didn't realize that it was coming out. But yeah, it's coming out March 3rd on Game Pass. It looks like another Elden Ring, Dark Souls style game. I'm not usually like big with the difficulty of these games, but something about this one, I've seen uh, a couple of YouTubers play like a gameplay demo of it, and it looks really cool. Asher, you didn't get to hear it. It was Wolong Fallen Dynasty. Oh, what I mentioned. Uh, yeah, I, I've... I've heard a bit about it, um, but I, I, you know, I don't look into them past like ah, a little bit of knowledge. Yeah, but it's, it's like it's, a Dark Souls, Soulsborne style game. Yeah, I, I don't think it's gonna take the world by storm, but I think it could be good. It looks from what I've seen of it, I saw like a a bit of this one YouTuber I really like named Hollow played like a demo of it, like an early access demo of it, and I was like, oh, this looks cool because it looked like some of the creatures looked more horror inspired, which I really like okay like there were like these weird spirit maiden things in like a river somewhere and it was and i was telling the funny story to the well i'm not going to repeat myself you'll just <laughs> you just go back and listen but uh, it was absolutely. a funny story where i got it confused with another game and thought it got delayed and then somebody corrected me on twitter oh, and was like, you got um, these two games confused uh, black, black myth Sun, wukong black myth that's it yeah and i saw that trailer and thought it was a trailer for Wolong long and saw 2024 and thought it got delayed but nope it didn't it comes out march 3rd and it's actually uh game pass day one game which i also didn't know which is pretty cool because i have like one two three four five games coming out in march so anything that's going to hit me for a game pass game and i don't have to purchase right away is going to really save me some money (laughs) yeah so i'm pretty excited about that 100 percent game pass i think is well worth it um yeah, uh, so anybody that's listened knows that I'm a fan of a couple of things, you know, uh, Souls games, uh, survival games, and uh, Bethesda games. Uh, I think they do an amazing job with their storytelling. As much recently as people have been talking about bug Thesda, I don't find their games to be any buggier than any others on release. No, uh, and most of the uh, bugs I enjoy sometimes they are funny. Yeah, like it, the the whole joke about the giants launching you into space in Skyrim. Like, oh my yeah. man! Like, I went to have that happen to me because I thought it was great. I just started um, playing Skyrim again, actually, because I bought that anniversary edition upgrade with all that extra content, and it, I've been uh, enjoying revisiting it. Because it, it was you and probably a, a thousand other people at that exact same time. It's like everybody's always revisiting Skyrim. Yeah, I'm always revisiting it. It's I'm always wild. revisiting Morrowind and Oblivion. Speaking of, if we ever do an episode where we say games they should remake, they should totally remake Morrowind. That I, game is old and really hard to play, but yeah. it is worthy of a remake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they've got their Create Engine 2, and they're working on finishing up uh, Starfield. Yep. And I love space entries into things, you know. Um, I really am excited to see this because... Everything I've seen so far, I've watched a couple videos, a couple like insider things and stuff, and it looks like they've cleaned up their gunplay, which was a big deal going from Fallout 3 or uh, to 4, because 3 yeah. is skills-based, so it didn't matter how accurate you were as a player, it still was based off your skill, to 4 was more of an FPS kind of engine, so this one, they look like they've cleaned up that even more um the just the look and feel of things it, it feels like a sharper game that they than they've made before you know um, yeah and uh they're bringing back 
hopefully some of their things like uh, their dialogue options that you actually can do things. Um, yeah, in general, I'm just really excited to to get into a new world of theirs. And yeah, they've had some other games like we mentioned uh, Redfall and Deathloop. Yep. Um, Not but, high on Deathloop. Well, yeah. But Redfall for, is interesting. For what it is. Well, it's, it's not a, out, it's but a, it looks interesting. It's a different thing for them, you know? But Elder Scrolls and Fallout are their bread and butter IPs, you know? And it looks like they took everything that makes those great and put it in space. And this yeah. has all the the groundwork to be amazing. Yeah, and this is their first like new Bethesda Studios exclusive like IP in like yeah. a number of years. Yes. yes. Yeah, Starfield's on my list as well, but it doesn't have a release date yet other than this year. So it was in my unannounced dates, but it's supposed to have a showcase soon. We're supposed to be show, so hopefully that showcase will give us a low release date. The whole reason I own an Xbox is because of this game. <laughs> That's because me too, actually, when I got one. Way back when Microsoft purchased Bethesda is when I went, well, now I'm an Xbox guy. Because, yep. you know, I, I knew everybody was like, no, no, it'll be out. On, no, no, they didn't buy this to put out their new shiny IP for everything, you know? No, Yeah, that was so, one moment where I'm glad that I have both systems because I could get my exclusives on both systems now. And Starfield is obviously the heavy hitter for my Xbox. Yeah, right. And that'll also be on PC as well. And it is another Game Pass Day 1, I believe. I do believe so, which is crazy to me because I I was expecting to pay for that you know and uh yeah I oh yeah for I would game pass but like i still would have gladly paid for that for sure uh, but yeah exactly i get lots of games from game pass so like it's to me either i'm paying for starfield through game pass or i'm paying for all the other games and one side or the other of that coin is free so yep um so you know peek behind the curtain what i was doing a minute ago was letting my dog out i am going to run and let my dog back in so she doesn't bark at me any more than she already has on the podcast <laughs> and uh yeah i'll come in on your next pick all right my next pick everyone already knows your boy is huge into horror games anything horror and uh march is gonna be pretty stacked with uh three different horror games so i have all three of them on my list the first one you know if you've listened to any of my old podcasts or maybe even earlier this year, maybe in October, I might've talked about how much I loved uh fatal frame maiden of Blackwater and a, a new fatal frame is coming out on March 9th. That is fatal frame mask of the lunar eclipse, which I'm a, I think is just another remake of one of the uh, Japanese released fatal frame games, or I think one, if not both maiden of Blackwater and lunar eclipse originally came out on the Wii never got a chance to play them. So highly excited, highly anticipating this game. Fatal Frame is another one of my favorite horror games of all time, aside from another game I'll get to on my list a little bit later. But yeah, that comes out March 9th on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series S and X, PC, and Switch. Really weird. I've never played a Fatal Frame game on Nintendo Switch. I think I played uh, Made in a Blackwater on Xbox Series S and I think on PS4 originally because I bought it on PS4 and then my PS4 died. So then I bought it on Xbox. But yeah. Really looking forward to this one. I think it's going to be scary. Taking pictures of ghosts, dealing damage with the uh, camera obscura. I'm not sure where the story is of this one because I never played the original one. But uh, yeah, it looks really freaking 
freaking cool. I actually forgot about it. I didn't even know it was coming out. And then the other day I saw a random trailer that said it was coming out March 9th. And I was like, oh, holy crap. A Fatal Frame game is coming out this year. <laughs> and that's kind of where it was for that. So, yeah, really looking forward to that one. Okay. Okay. So, listeners, what I need you to do is I need you to go on to, um, what is it, Apple Podcasts? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I need you to leave a five-star review, and I need you to tell me everything Tony said while I was gone so that there's no secrets, okay? <laughs> well, there's no secrets because you know I love horror, and you know that Fatal Frame is one of my favorite horror franchises. So Fatal Frame Mask of Lunar Eclipse was the other game. Yes, but if I can get a five-star review that's just a copy-paste of what you said over five minutes. That would be freaking awesome. I, I, and I'll read it on air. I'll try to do my yeah, you'll best have... Tony Z impression, too. <laughs> I was going to say, you'll have to read the Apple ones because I don't have an iPhone anymore, so I can't see them. Right. And I'm like, dang it! I got to jump through hoops <laughs> to find these things. But if you leave one on that little uh, good old good pods, I can see that one. Yeah, absolutely. Now that we're back in the swing of things. So I, I talked about my, my most uh, anticipated game and um, I'm going to talk about my most anticipated game. Uh, I'm just that excited for Starfield that I just want to say it one more time. That, like, <laughs> you wanted to say it twice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause okay. I played uh, obsidians space game outer worlds. Yes. I love that game. I did not. Oh, really? I, I, I enjoyed lots of it, but it felt like they tried really hard to have this like sarcastic humor everywhere. And that's how I felt playing new Vegas. And like, if I don't do that to me, (laughs) (laughs) if I didn't know that it was of the same developer, I would have guessed it was the same developer. Yeah. They're not bad. The game is not bad by any means obsidian's humor style doesn't do it for me it, it, to me it feels a little heavy-handed the the wacky silly things in fallout are great it's it's their dialogue i think is what it is yeah and i never played. i have them on steam i never played the original fallouts but i think some of that was in those as well because i think obsidian was the originators of the series yeah well the original fallouts are a whole nother like one and two they've got some they 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 need content warnings if they don't already have them. Yeah, and I there think there are that was some extreme things, <laughs> right? Um, but the, I I think that there is it is dialogue based, whereas the other fallouts are environmental. That there's a lot of tongue in cheek jokes that you'll find in the world, but they're not spoken. It's in you know skeletons or notes or graffiti, you know, things like that. So uh, I just. I find Obsidian to be a little heavy handed uh, with it and playing through as much of uh, Outer Worlds as I did. I enjoyed a lot of stuff. I thought the companions were cool. Like I love putting people in the Moon Man helmet and giving them a grenade launcher and then just watching them silly do silly things. Yeah. I love the whole like um, um, the the uh, commercial aspect of everybody is owned by Spacer's Choice kind of thing, you know? Yeah, the gameplay uh, the, is what drew me into it more than like the story or anything like that. It was just oh, the gameplay and the the uh, first person shooting. Yeah, a lot of the background story I thought was great. Uh, characters were cool. the The shooting, yeah, it was fine. Uh, you know, but those reasons 
are why I'm so excited for this, you know, because right. I wanted a lot out of that and I got some, you know, I, I can't say it's a bad game. It just wasn't my top game, but I'm just that much more excited for Starfield, you know? Yeah. And Starfield is obviously probably I mean, my number one on my list as well, but it's a, it's pretty close to a couple other ones on my list too. So the last game I was super excited for had a terrible launch and I put 2,700 hours into it. Holy crap. And that was fallout 76. Yeah. So I've, I've got to wonder if Starfield is it going to hit my Elden Ring mark where I'm at like 670. Is it going to hit my other games mark where I hit about 40 and uh, I'm I'm good? Is it going to go up to 76 numbers? You know? Yeah, 76 kind of hurt them. So they're kind of in a, a thing here where they kind of need to nail Starfield or right. it, might not, it might not do too well for them if they don't nail it. That's all I'm yeah. going to say about that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're in a predicament here. I mean, not for people like you and me or Jessica Starr that just love everything, but does then could care less. But <laughs> right for like the yeah, the people that draw and that pay attention to that stuff with 76 they're uh, They're in a predicament here where they definitely need to uh, nail everything for Starfield. But like I said, you, me, people that just love everything, but those are going to love it no matter what. So even with bugs. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most likely we're going to love it no matter what. I guess I should say we are going to love it no matter what because we don't we haven't seen much of it yet. Right. So, yeah, the next one on my list is out on March 17th on PS5, Xbox Series S and X and PC. There's a sequel to a game that I just finished like, I, I don't know, a few months back on Xbox. And that's Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Survival. <laughs> well, I don't know what that was. Must be I don't late. know either. <laughs> it was Star Wars Jedi Survivor, the sequel to uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which was oh. a freaking fantastic game. And uh, yeah, this is a direct sequel to that. So not much I... to say. If you love Jedi Fallen Order, this looks like more of the same. It looks awesome. I'm excited about that for people. Yeah. Jedi Fallen Order was the second game I installed on my Xbox when I got it. Uh, I honestly 76 was the first because I was playing it a ton then but I was like I'm gonna play this game you know because yeah. I like Star Wars for the ships I think their space stuff is really cool I not really a big fan of space wizards and uh, the whole cowboy motif that I think Star Wars has but I know I'm a minority there um, but this I, I I think this is what Star Wars fans deserve like I, I think continuing on with this game and cal and like this world i think is great for them you know yeah yeah so like i said if you like the first one this looks like it's going to be a from what i've seen the trailer it looks like it's going to be a good continuation of that i'm pretty excited because i did fall in love with the first one there were a yeah. couple parts in the beginning where i got annoyed with some of the difficulty but once i started learning the mechanics and stuff and getting better at it i ended up being able to complete the whole game and fell in love with it and there's just something about the Star Wars like universe and like the world and stuff that always draws me into it. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I agree. that's one of them. Did you have anything else on your list or is it just the rest of my list? Now? <laughs> no, the rest is your list. Unless we just want to keep, you know, ham fisting a little more Starfield in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're both pretty hyped for that. But until I, like I said, that was on my unannounced list. I still have two more games on my unannounced list. One of them is second 
to Starfield on my okay. list. I think, yeah, I think a couple above her. Well, the next one is uh, actually it's between this one and another one. There's second, whatever. That's why I don't number these. Uh, this one is highly anticipated. Another one of my favorite horror games of all time is getting a remake that looks like it's going to be in the vein of the other two remakes they did, which I loved. And it's a uh, Resident Evil 4 remake coming out ah. March 24th on PS4, PS5, Xbox Series, SNX, and PC. I played uh, the original Resident Evil 4 on PS2 back in the day. Freaking loved it. I was worried that when they went into this, they were going to take too much of a serious approach and not go with some of the campiness of Leon because he did have a lot of like one-liners and humor in the original Resident Evil 4. But it looks like they are still leaving that intact because that's kind of some of the charm of the game is the campiness of it. Right. So I'm glad that from the trailer that I saw, they're leaving some of that intact. But they're adding some new gameplay mechanics. Looks like it looks like there's gonna be a little bit of stealth where you can like crouch and hide from some of the enemies and let them like get by you and stuff. That intrigues me. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I, I like that. I, I like when games, like I've said, add those uh um quality of light changes to the remakes. Yeah, yeah. I'm real. This one is very high on my list within like the top five most anticipated games, just because I love the original Resident Evil 4 so much. And whenever they did Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake and I played them, I was like, man, I really hope they do 4. And uh, we're getting it. <laughs> and pretty soon, just a couple months away, March 24th. Uh, the last game I have for March, I had, like I said, five games in March. Uh, the last one I didn't even know existed until literally earlier today when I randomly just saw a trailer for it and I had no idea it existed. It comes out March of 2023, but it doesn't have a specific date. But it's also a Game Pass Day 1 game, which I'm pretty hyped for. And it's a new Amnesia game, Amnesia the Bunker. Oh. And uh, did we cover Amnesia in October? Or were we going sure. to? We, I played we had it. some October setbacks, which I think was part of the problem. Yeah, I think uh, there were a lot of plans. For, I remember I played and completed Amnesia Dark Descent for the first time back in October. I'd always dabbled in it in that one and the uh, machine, I think it's machine for pigs or something is the other one. And then before those were the number games, I have like a bunch of them on steam and I dabbled them, but never completed them. But I finally finished all of the amnesia dark descent and was like, Oh yeah. And then is, I found out that they're doing a new one. Was this the one where I could get past the water? Yes. Yep. So we did cover it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But uh, this new one amnesia, the bunker seems a little more interesting because if I'm not mistaken, when I was watching the trailer, it looked like you have some guns in this one. Oh, interesting. First person horror game from the makers of Soma. And, oh, Soma. That's another good one. You're all alone in a desolate world war one bunker. Basically oppressing terrorists stalking in the dark quarters, search for and use the tools of weapons at your disposal while keeping the lights on at all costs. So, yeah, you get weapons in this one. Interesting. I might be into that. But here's what's really interesting, the way they describe it and for the first part of about this game. Left all alone in a desolate World War I bunker with only one bullet remaining in the barrel. It's up to you to face the oppressing terrors in the dark. Oh, interesting. That almost makes it sound like they think that some of you, like that bullet is, you know, you've kept it for yourself kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, immerse yourself in the multiple ways of tackling survival in the shoes of the French soldier Henry Clement. You are armed with a revolver gun, a noisy dynamo flashlight. A noisy flashlight? That's interesting. And other scarce supplies to scavenge and craft along the way. Did that say dynamo? Yeah, noisy dynamo flashlight. Yeah, so that's a hand crank. 
Oh, so yeah, so it's noisy. So that could either help you or hurt you. Right. If something's so like listening. You'll have to you know charge it by cranking it, which is gonna give off that whirring sound probably. Yep. And like I love horror games. I love uh frictional games. That's who's that's who makes the amnesia in the Soma series. Love Soma when I played it as well. That was like the really weird, like underwater cyberpunky kind of style one with like killer robots and stuff. That was really cool. Okay. I don't know if yeah, you yeah. ever played it. No. I'm not sure. Did they do did they do Observer or was that somebody else? Because Observer was another game I really enjoyed. I don't think that was them though. But anyway, yeah, that comes out in March. No, it's Bloober team that did Observer. So uh Okay. <laughs> Bloober team is always hit or miss on certain games for me. Like some other games I love them and then other games like I kind of lose interest about halfway through. But yeah. yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, like Blair Witch was a really good one, but didn't finish it. Uh, Observer finished it all the way, loved it. And then the medium played it, didn't finish it. <laughs> so it's kind of like back and forth for them, which is kind of a thing because my most anticipated game is going to be from them. So it's like, uh, they're either going to nail it or they're going to ruin it for me. Interesting. But we're not quite there yet because next we're our one game in April, which I'm pretty hyped for. And everybody should know I love zombies. So if you got zombies in the game, you're going to draw my interest immediately. And I love this developer and all their games because one of them was originally my game of the year in the beginning of the year. Dead Island 2 comes out April 28th, unless it gets delayed, which as of right now, it hasn't been delayed. I'm so confused. I thought there was a Dead Island 2. No, there was Dying Light 2. No, no, no. Like Dead Island, the whole... um music video intro on the island go to the city like right yeah that was the original dead yeah they had announced dead island too like a very long time ago when it was kind of development hell or whatever as they say that's what i'm thinking it 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 was announced dropped off announced again right dropped off and now it's actually now it's actually coming and i've seen the trailer in the gameplay and it looks like the goriest dying or the goriest dead island possible and it looks a lot of it looks fun to me and i love i love the first dead island as much as i love the dying light games so like this is probably a day one purchase for me for sure i liked dead island a lot um i also feel like that's one that i put a lot of time into yeah the first zone like i thought the resort was it yeah that's what that's what it was like it was just, just a cool environment yeah in the first one well then i got to the next area and i was in like a city i think I don't and think I ever like, got to the city. I think I just stayed in the resort. <laughs> yeah, there's like humans that will shoot at you and yell and stuff. And I did not enjoy that. Like I wanted more of the zombie silliness, you know? Yeah, you should definitely. It looks like there's going to be some humor. So it depends on where you're at with the humor, like some campiness. But the gore factor on this looks like it was like a ramped up ultra. I, I seem to remember the liking their their humor. Um, I, I, I'm at a weird spot with humor because like some things like um, got a... Uh, it, it's high on life new game yeah everybody didn't thinks play it's it. hilarious it's not for me I, yeah i, I, just, watch I don't gameplay click with was... that kind of humor you know same with me i'm not a rick and morty guy so like originally i was gonna play it because it was a game pass day one but then i watched one person play it and i was just like nah this ain't for me yeah so, <laughs> uh, so i we'll, we'll have to see with dead island too i mean we'll have to see anyways because man that that game has had such a rocky you know almost start that i'm i'm not even sure if i believe it's coming yeah it's slated for april 
8th on uh, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series S, Next, and PC. So I'm hoping okay. it comes out because April is a free month for me. That's the only game I know of in April. So, so like, that's some breathing room for me. <laughs> right. Since we're talking about zombies, can I throw out there a game that is getting an update this year, hopefully? Sure. That I'm excited not? for. So I, it, I've been playing Project Zomboid. I've mentioned it the last couple of times we were on the podcast, right? Yeah, I have Project an update Zomboid. for you to tell you that I am at 549 hours in game. Woo, you're going to catch up with your Elden Ring soon. Yes. Um, I actually have a server going with some friends of mine that's persistent um, that we jump on and do stuff and everything. Uh, ton of fun. Loving the game, you know. It's got a update hopefully coming this year uh update 42 that would add livestock uh pigs cows oh nice yeah add some um environmental animals like rats that'll be by dumpsters that'll scurry away when you go over there so they'll add a little bit of life to the game Uh, they're looking at adding in some uh voice lines for some of the characters so when you do things that like exert yourself and stuff and a lot of these don't sound like big things but this game was demoed in 2011. It was put on Steam in 2013. And it's still getting updates. This is going to be That's 10 cool. years later, you know, and it gets regular updates. You know, they just got an animation update uh, two years ago. That was a big deal. You know, um, they're bringing and, and what's really nice is they're bringing people in to work on this because it's, it's a very small studio, but they've been hiring people the people they're hiring are the ones that have been making mods for the game on steam. So people that are already passionate about the game and already know how the game's code works. They're like, Hey, Hey, we're going to bring you in and you're going to you know work with us and you're going to do our farming update and you're going to do our animals and stuff. So it's one of those like passion projects that it, it's just, it's a lot of fun to play and it's really exciting to see this update. You know, for me, this update is like a brand new game coming out almost, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it, it's, it's not a new game, but it's that's still awesome. To it's see, just an update. It's awesome I'm, to see I'm developers still it. supporting games. This yeah, many years yeah. later. Absolutely. Like the number of developers are just like, yeah, that that's our old game by our new one. Or just like, yeah, we did that. It's out. You know, we we put out two updates, two patches. That's it. You know, it's hard to get you know uh, support for a game that's two years old, let alone ten. Right. All right, so, I've got. I'm down to the final four. Well, okay. not the final four of most anticipated, but the final four that are on my list. <laughs> well, actually, one of these, the next one is guaranteed a given for me. Okay. Um, just like with the other ones like Resident Evil and stuff like anybody who knows me knows how hyped I'll be for this June 6th it comes out on PS4, PS5, Xbox One Xbox Series S, Next, and PC and it is Diablo 4 you already know my friend, my obsession with Diablo games yeah. I probably put more time into Diablo 2 and Diablo 3 than like any other game in history and it looks like uh, Diablo 4 is going back to the gothic like the more gothic horror style of art from the second Diablo and it's going to be like open world. And uh, I was a little iffy at first because it was talking about like the uh, thing where you can run into other players and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh no, is it going to be like Diablo immortal where they're going to like hit with some of this stuff. But from what I've heard of people who have played like the early access and the beta, they've all said that they've really enjoyed it. So that gives me a little bit more hope for this game. <laughs> yeah. I think adding the open world, 
Diablo fans are Diablo fans. Yep. But it's so far down the line at this point that they need something more than the the desolate town, the crypt underneath, the sewer, the desert, you know, like you go through the same places. Uh, I swear one of between one or two of the games, it's literally like the same places. Yeah, two and three. Yeah, they both have like the desert. They're different desert areas, but they're both desert areas. And like, I still love it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love them it, both. It's, Diablo 2 is my favorite, obviously, but it, it needs a little bit of revitalizing. I think I, th- I not because the game is bad, but I think the fans deserve it. Yeah. And it from what I've seen of it, because they've shown that they've shown off quite a bit of some of the gameplay and stuff and the different I'm I'm highly excited for Diablo 4. That's one of my two games in June. And uh I mean, like I said, I mean here's Diablo guys. So <laughs> ever since Diablo 2, right. Like which was probably one of the first video games I played on uh my old Windows computer back in the day when I should have been doing schoolwork and then was playing Diablo 2 up until the middle of the night, which is probably why I didn't do so well in school at the time. <laughs> yeah. But one of my favorite games, one of my favorite franchises. Looking forward to Diablo 4. The next one also comes out in June. It's a uh, PS5 exclusive as of right now. That may be a timed exclusive. I'm not sure. Um, it's uh, another Square Enix game. Final Fantasy 16, June 22nd on PS5. Pretty excited for that um, because of the Final Fantasy 7 remake. I never really dabbled into the old Final Fantasy, like the turn-based stuff, because it just didn't, like the turn-based back then didn't really do it for me. But when right. Final Fantasy 7 remake came out on PS4, and now it has a PS5 like upgrade or whatever, I was playing, I didn't finish it, but I got like really deep into it before my PS4 died, <laughs> which was like a sad day for me and <laughs> like imagine. absolutely loved it. And this Final Fantasy 16 looks like it's going to be more of that style. And one of my favorite things about it, as well as Final Fantasy 15, which I've only ever dabbled in and never finished. They're all separate story. Like it's a separate story or so, a new story or whatever, but it's not the turn-based mechanic. It's more of like the, uh, I don't know how like action oriented, but it's not turn-based. Right. So that kind of draws me in. And this one looks pretty cool from what I've this seen so far. kind of answers my first question is, uh, you know, because I wasn't sure if this was an, a multiplayer one or if this was a solo. This seems to be a solo entry, right? Yeah, it's a standalone or like main, main franchise entry. I've been noticing a trend is that they're, they, they, at this point, they're, they should be final sci-fi and not final fantasy. Because uh, yeah. They, they they haven't been fantasy for a little while. Is this one going back to fantasy, or is this more cars and airplanes and flying cities? Uh, from what I looked at, saw of the trailer, I think it's more sci-fi again, probably. <laughs> okay, because wasn't the last one like you know basically road trip edition? Like you, uh, Final Fantasy fifteen was in the beginning, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, but it does have fan like the creatures and stuff are still fantasy aspects yeah and there's still magic and stuff i'm being hard on the game uh i i am an old confused man when i look at final fantasy because i played the original one and then i didn't know anything about it for a while and then uh somebody showed me something about seven i think it was and i was like oh it's you know like 3d now and stuff that's cool and then like the next time i like knew anything about final fantasy was their first online iteration yeah you know so like for me it's like big jumps it'd be like you know somebody who played game boy pokemon and then tried to play arceus you know so from what i'm reading about it it seems like it could be more fantasy oh interesting 
Final Fantasy 16 is set on Valisthea, a world divided between six nations who hold power through access to magical crystals and dominance. Humans who act as hosts for each nation's econ. I'm probably not saying that right. <laughs> Tensions between the nations escalate as a malady dubbed the Blight begins consuming the land. Clive Rossfield, guardian to his younger brother Joshua, witnesses his kingdom destroyed and goes on a revenge quest in pursuit of the dark econ Ifrit. So it sounds pretty more fantasy for sure. I, I almost wish they weren't numbered because they don't feel, I don't think any of them have really been continuations. They've all been kind of their standalone thing, right? Yeah. So, except yeah, for they what, have... 10 and 10 2. Yeah, which I think we're supposed to, or, or seven had like a couple different, like I know they just did that Crisis Core remake, which was like a, it's like the prequel to the Final Fantasy seven or whatever. Yeah, I think it was originally like a. On the Vita, right? It was some handheld game. Yeah, I don't remember Vita or PSP. I played that one. I actually enjoyed it. Um, but uh, I, I, I kind of wish that they were, they weren't numbered because it feels like they should all be in their own worlds. Or maybe I wish that there was some continuity. You know, like some of these revisited places. You know, like Crisis Core and you know them that are in the same setting. Yeah, and to but, note, uh, they've been. The concept development for this game started in 2015. So they've oh, been wow. working on it for a while. I guess if they were infected by like COVID and some other things. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, everything's been turned on its head for years now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, two more, Asher. Got two more. Okay. okay. We'll round it out. The uh, next one, I mean, highly a given PS5 exclusive Spider Man 2. What more needs to be said? I love freaking Marvel and I love both Spider Man games, the Spider Man PS4 game and Miles Morales. And uh, fantastic freaking games by Insomniac. Insomniac just knows how to make good games. Was like have... Miles Morales his own game? Yes. Okay. He was well. Miles Morales, the character, debuted in the in Insomniac Spider-Man that had come out. Okay. Like he was in the game, but you didn't get to play as him. And then he oh. had, and then Miles Morales Spider-Man came out, and you got to play as Miles instead of Peter throughout the entirety of that game. Okay, that's cool. And it was freaking phenomenal. You got introduced to his like new electricity, like venom powers and stuff. And then Spider-Man 2, from what I've seen of the trailer, they're both in it. Okay. And uh, I'm probably most excited for the trailer because I got a glimpse of Venom, which is like my favorite like Spider-Man character, Venom and Carnage. And like I just love the symbiotes. I always think that they look so freaking cool and they make for awesome like villains and different characters. Oh yeah, absolutely. So um uh, yeah I'm pretty hyped for that. Doesn't have an official release date yet, but it is uh slated for a PS5 exclusive. So uh, I'm, pretty I'm excited, excited for that. to hear you tell me all about it because for as much as I'm into superhero movies and media, I just I've never really got into the games. I, I yeah. think it's because early superhero games that weren't the arcade cabinet like fighter games were kind of bad. Yeah, but these games. So... Like Insomniac Spider-Man games. Yeah, like, I've I've I only think, heard good things about them. I think they're both on PC now. So if you ever get a chance to snag them on snail mm. on snail on sale, definitely give them a shot. No, I, I know... think more things need to be on snail. I would be way more interested <laughs> on games on snail. It would be interesting. Snail, the new gaming platform coming 2023. <laughs> there you go. Anybody that exclusively wants to... to our Patreon tier. <laughs> Anybody that wants to start up a podcast, uh, Games on Snail, where you play everything way after it's been released. Yeah, the slowest the slowest release date. Yeah. Everything yeah. gets announced 20 years in advance. Right. And uh, the final game is actually 
surprisingly, Starfield, you would have thought, was my most anticipated game. It was like my second most anticipated, I guess. Mm-hmm. This one is my most anticipated, bar none. Doesn't have a release date yet. It's a PS5 exclusive, but will also be on PC. So I guess, I mean, still PS5. Like, it's not going to be on Xbox, but it will be on PC. And now that I finally have my PS5, I'm more excited to play it. As everyone knows, probably my favorite horror game of all time from the PS2 era for sure. Silent Hill 2 Remake. When you were talking about uh, uh, Resident Evil 4, I almost interrupted to ask if it was Silent Hill. Nope. That is my, yeah, Silent Hill. They've announced Silent Hill 2 Remake. The only thing that I'm a little worried, like I said, is I'm usually hit or miss with Bloober. But I watched, I watched the developer, like there was a developer thing that went up the other day of them talking about it. And it looks like they are staying true to the formula while just like making it with these brand new graphics and like really helping you soak up the world of, of Silent Hill 2. And yeah, that's my most anticipated game. I freaking love Silent Hill 2. I think I, I, when I first started the Tony Z plays YouTube back up, I did like a OG games and I played quite a bit of the Silent Hill 2 on that because that it was the uh, Silent Hill HD collection was available on Xbox Game Pass, I believe, Mm -hmm. which was like two and three. If not, I bought it on Xbox, so I played it, and uh, yeah, now we're getting a remake, so I'm pretty hyped. I love yeah. when a game that's like that old, like PS2 era, gets a remake if they do it right, because I always look forward to seeing how far it comes with the technology of what these creatures and these environments can look like, and from what I've seen, I've only really seen the trailer so far, I'm not sure if it should any actual gameplay, but it looks like it's going to be, it's still going to stick to the horror I guess a lot of people were worried that it wouldn't be as scary with modern graphics, but from what I heard of the uh, the uh, guys working on it, they're still trying to stick true to that. So, yeah, I think there's a lot you can do to keep suspense and horror without it being obscured by you know bad graphics and whatnot. Yeah, uh, and I, I don't even want to say bad. I know they use fog for a lot of things. Yeah, um, but Silent Hill is one of those things that I didn't realize was as much of a franchise as it is. Oh yeah, I thought it was like a game and a couple of movies. Yeah, when they announced a lot to it, when they first announced Silent Hill Two Remake last year, they announced like a bunch, like three, four other Silent Hill games that are going to be coming out too. It's like we're going to be getting a lot of Silent Hill, and one of them I'm I'm interested in. It's called Silent Hill F, and it's going to be like a Japanese horror Silent Hill. So it's not going to be like the other ones. It looks like it's going to be something completely different. That, but it's. That could be really good or it could be kind of a flop depending on like, well, I mean, people are going to still play it, but like because yeah, they're gonna. going out of the mold, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm intrigued by like the trailer for it looked very interesting. So like any just give me Silent Hill. I don't care what you're doing. As long as you're giving me Silent Hill, I'm excited because we haven't had Silent Hill since freaking well, the downpour was the last Silent Hill. I, I am know. not the person to ask. I I regret to inform all of you listeners that I thought this Silent Hill 2 was a sequel and not a remake. That's how little I knew about Silent Hill. Yeah, no, there was Silent Hill 1, 2, 3, 4. There was Silent Hill. Let's see. Downpour was, I'm pretty sure, the last one that came out, and that was in 2012. Okay. So it's been a very long time. Okay. So uh, my, my ignorance is not entirely unfounded. It's It's been 10 years. And I also covered the Silent Hill movie on Jump Scare Club with my wife. That is true. Which uh, will be coming back soon as well. 
So anybody that's wondering why the heck I haven't been doing Jump Scare Club, it hasn't been intentional. It's just so much stuff was happening all at once. I couldn't keep up with everything. So yep, keep we'll hopefully bring that back for that new episode. Yeah, we'll be bringing that back soon as well. But yeah, that was my last game and my most anticipated game. And we've gone over two hours. So this, I think this isn't our longest episode. Our longest episode was the freaking, uh, the one with Jessica Starr that went like almost four hours. Right. Well, we covered a lot of stuff in that because we covered basically everything in the showcase. Yeah. It was like a showcase. And then it was the event that happened before the showcase. We covered stuff from that too, but. Mm -hmm. So this, this may be our longest episode of the year. Currently is. Yeah. Depends on how long our lore episodes go when we start getting to right deep in the lore stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, if they're uh, if people like them, they're popular. They may get broken up. They may, you know, we might cover a game over multiple episodes. So yeah, just like we did with Elden Ring. Exactly. Yep. So be on the lookout for those. As always, leave us five star reviews on all your favorite platforms that allow that, or at least rate us five stars. I know you can do you can do five star ratings on like Spotify now. I think we announced yeah. that last year as well. This is the beginning of our season two. Hopefully we don't miss any more weeks. <laughs> yeah. We'll I mean, play it by ear on emergencies from... or like medical yeah. stuff or whatever, but we're going to try our best. I told Asher I was like excited to hit the ground hard this year. This is going to yeah. be our year on Infinite Journeys. I, I think we do a pretty good job of sticking with the schedule for what is still a new podcast. I mean, we, we've gone a year now, which yeah, is... We have amazing this was my first venture into the whole world and i've really enjoyed this so far yeah i'm looking forward to seeing where we continue to go throughout the rest of the year also i don't plug it enough so make sure you go to the infinite journeys patreon which is just patreon.com slash infinite journeys subscribe to that i know it looks like empty right now but trust me content is coming very soon starting as early as this weekend when we record our first episode of once upon a throwback did i mention that in the beginning uh yes yes okay. you did i thought i did but i couldn't remember yeah that's gonna we'll most likely be recording that this weekend and i'm pretty excited so yeah bonus content will be coming to that another idea i had asher for the patreon is maybe some spoiler casts for some of the games that come out if they're games that like we both play oh yeah absolutely and that'll be exclusive to patreon so it'll be like you don't have that's not gonna be on free feeds it'll be a patreon exclusive right. and it'll be a spoiler and cast so not... everyone will know that it'll be spoiled yeah you know what you're getting into yeah so that'll be some bonus content for that. Uh, Tony Z plays YouTube channel will be coming back soon. Uh, hopefully going to finish Callisto protocol. If I don't, it's because my Xbox like messed up on me again. Cause like a few weeks ago, I turned on my Xbox to jump back into Elden ring and it smelled like it was going to catch on fire. So <laughs> I plugged it for a while. And then yeah. I came to find out that it was most likely due to the fact that I had it like right next to my PS five. And it kind of needs to be standing where the vents can get more, circulation or whatever so it can air out easier so it has to be right. like yeah so i've moved it yeah you and, might uh, need to get a, a can of air and blow it out there might just be a build up in there too yeah i could need that too because it gets very dusty in our room and i think you can also get like a cooling pad for pc and lay it on it as well so but yeah a lot of good things to look forward to next year until next time asher remember when you're gaming your journeys are always infinite Yes, you remembered it. I was like, imagine if we got all the way back and neither of us remembered our outro. <laughs> See you later, everybody. Have a good one.